Hey man, was I supposed to bring the fireworks or the lighter? Doesn't matter, kid motorcycle, if there's blowing up our spot. Yeah, if he's not careful, he's gonna paralyze his eye. Holy shit, look at that cat, it's fucking huge. Yeah, and he walks like an Egyptian. Oh shit, I think he saw us. Here comes the spooky! Hey, what's going on, chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode six. Today we're going to talk to you about a fantastic horror movie called Silver Bullet. We're going to run down a list of the 30 best horror movies that were on Chive. So sit back, relax, and tie your buddy to a chair, making him enjoy your second favorite podcast. Hey, Nachos, how you doing tonight, buddy? How are you doing, Cincinnati Jeff? Ooh, that was a good one. You ready to talk some werewolf movies? You know I'm ready to talk some fucking werewolf movies. Oh, man, this movie's such a treat. But before we get to it, got a couple of talking points and some news. Start off right. Oh, there you go. And we're back. So one of the first things is uh, a Hulu series called Castle Rock, which was created with Stephen King and J.J. Abrams. Um, which is kind of based in Castle Rock, Maine, where Stephen King does a lot of his horror movie or novels, and the movies are set like Needful Things. The season two is going to be a prequel to Misery. Oh, so you've shit. got Kathy Bates' character. I believe she has a daughter, or maybe like a niece or something. It, it doesn't come out until like October twenty third is the first episode. So I've never watched the first one. Me neither. Don't feel bad. But I've I've, I've always been good. interested, and so I'm like, okay, with this one, I'm definitely going to check it out. Kind of like with American Horror Story. I wasn't too into it until they started doing the slasher shit, so I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to check this one out. Looks pretty exciting. Plus, I mean, a prequel to Kathy Bates' character, like... They kind of tackle that in Misery, like all of her backstory. Fun fact, I've seen Misery a hundred times, but I didn't finish it until like the 99th time. Really? Yeah, I know. How do you not finish it? I get to that that hobbling scene, and then I just fucking check out. I'm just like, oh. That's the best part. I don't know, man. That whole movie's pretty solid. I think originally they were going to cut James Caan's legs off, and then they just thought that that was too much. So they went with the hobbling scene instead, which I got to be honest, I, I think, think that's fucking way more impact impactful, right? Is, it's is that a word? hard to watch. Anytime I ask somebody, I'm like, hey, have you seen Misery? And they're like, no. I'm like, do you know what hobbling is? And they're like, no. I'm like, cool. Gonna... That's that's my prerequisite. If you want to watch Misery, one, you can never see it. Two, you got to not know what hobbling is. Don't look it up or anything like that. So if you're out there listening, you're like, I've never seen Misery. I don't know what hobbling is. Don't Google hobbling. Just watch the fucking movie. You'll know exactly what fucking scene we're talking about when you get to it. And you go, oh, that's what hobbling is. It is still to this day, which I think came out in 1990, is one of the hardest fucking movies to watch. Like that scene is so intense. It is a great first date movie. Or if you <laughs> want to impress like your gal or folks' fucking parents or whatever. Gather around, have them watch it. Oh, it's so fun. If they don't freak out, get out of that fucking relationship, get out of that house, get out of that zip code. Right? If they're real comfortable with that movie, man, I gotta get out of this place. It's not gonna fare well for you. So next up, we've got The Chive. Uh, they put out a list of the 30 greatest horror movies voted on by fans over at Ranker.com. This was suggested to us by one of our listeners, Mr. Alex Gudek. He's so goody, 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 goody. So goody, goody if you're goody, out there, goody. thank you very much for the tip. So, have at it. I got this list here. I wanted to go down with you to see if you agree. And then I got a couple things I wanted to mention about the movies on this list. First movie 
Number 30, The Sixth Sense. I was just talking about this the other day, man. Uh, I know my girlfriend won't listen to this episode because she doesn't listen to our fucking podcast. Jerk. So she had never seen The Sixth Sense. and uh, Did you ruin it for her? No, I'm not a piece of shit. And actually, I'm watching through because I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years. And I remember specific scenes where uh, Bruce Chili Willy is touching doorknobs and interacting with people. And uh, I might have been fucking tripping, dog, because I'm I'm going through. I'm like, mm, this is good. No, they were pretty careful not to do it. Also, why do they write kids so fucking smart like that in movies? Do you remember being five? I was like licking the wall and shit. I don't. Is I was five in that? Or you know, like eight or whatever. He's like, Ugh, I dressed myself, mother. I'm ready for pop tarts. <laughs> Continue. Uh, number twenty nine, Insidious. Never saw it. Number twenty eight. The Amityville Horror, the 1979 version. Oh, that's classic. Yeah, that's a good one. 27. Jody, Jody is a pig with light up eyes and a wig on. I know. I liked it. Uh, the remake oh, I, is... is uh, it's, it's, it's Ryan Reynolds thing. with his shirt off, chopping wood, say, We're friends! We're having fun! But, I mean, the first one... No, you original, can't You can't top that. I mean, Margot Kidder. Oh, so good. Uh, fucking... Uh, James Brolin? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because Josh is Thanos. Yeah, James Brolin. Uh, 27 is Misery. Which we just I think about. we just sucked that movie's dick off enough. 26, I know you hate it. Uh, American Werewolf in London. I don't hate it. It's just, uh, I feels like I, I feels like it's just a, a movie with sequences happening. It's kind of a John Landis thing. I'm not here to shit on that. You feel it's like too well-liked and there's like better werewolf movies out there? Oh, I could think of one that we might be talking about here <laughs> in a minute. I really like American Wolf in London. It's one of the first one, movies, in horror the... movies I've ever seen. My parents suggested it, of all people. David Naughton's really good in that. I mean, there's great shit about this movie, but it's not like top ten. I like the practical effects of the transformations. It's oh, it was that very sweaty and just almost gross. said Kenny Baker. Yeah, R two D two is doing the special effects. It's fucking. <laughs> uh... Is it Rick Baker that does it's it? It's Rick Baker. Thank you, Summer School, the movie. Twenty five, The Conjuring. Uh, what's which one's that? Is that the rated R one with uh The Conjuring with uh it's dude, like the prequel to, to the Nun and Annabelle and all that yeah. shit. Oh man, I thought because I'm just fucking done with ghost movies. I thought that was gonna be real stupid. Then I watched it and I was like, this movie is fucking legit. Jeff, you got any thoughts on that? I really liked The Conjuring. I was not a fan of the sequel or The Nun or however many the fucking spin-off, movies, the shoehorn Annabelle and all that shit but it, the it, the conjuring was good it conjured a really good time for the family <laughs> number 24 Hellraiser fucking right dude that that movie is just I enjoy the second one a lot more some of the, I think the sequels are good up till about 4 and then they just become loveless. I definitely go one through three. I love that they bring in the spire of pain, like in you know in the basement of the club in three. But you also get fucking CD man. Yeah, they got a little lazy with those Cenobites. <laughs> My name's Camera Face. What do you do? Right, just bringing in fucking uh, modern technology. It's genuinely like they were in the fucking writers' room. Like, uh, what? It, C, C, yeah, CDs. Well, if they remade that, what is that fucking MP3 face? Uh, <laughs> They should bring bring it back old school and have like VHS fucking like chess like video drone style, but it fucking. Oh, uh, I'd watch that. But it's no, it's not even VHS. It's like Betamax. Oh, would would like in the remake would it be the Spotify. <laughs> He's gonna recommend you some music that you might like, but that you when might you not. listen to, you'll kill yourself like the ring. Right, it's such a good list. You'll kill yourself. 
number 23 is Pet Cemetery, uh, the 89 version. Oh, you mean the only one. Yeah. It, part two's fun. I, genuinely, we just had this. I do like part two. I, I am a fan of part two. It's not bad. Clancy it's just, Brown. It's a different thing. It is. It's a totally different movie. It's a music video for long. With fucking Clancy fun. Brown being bonkers the entire time. He is fucking just And the dude from ER. The top nuts. Holy shit. Who's the fucking douchebag, uh, the, the the villain kid in that movie? Was, was He's a piece of shit in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he is. He's in a ton of shit. He's from the not 80s. the brother from Wonder Years. No, but he's not. I'd like to fucking punch his face inside out. Like he's got one of those fucking like I don't face. know his name, but when you see him, you're like, okay, I know that he's been in other shit. His name is Scotty Shitbag. <laughs> you're gonna just grab a kitten up like a fucking Lanchire sandwich and tear ass around on your bike. Not cool, dude, but also Eddie Furlong. You shouldn't be bringing fucking kitties to school. This ain't show and tell. Right? It's bad form. That's how I feel about the fucking um, not witness protection, the emotional support animals. That's very unfair. I work at Riverport. Some chick brought a pony in. A Shetland fucking pony. I don't like horses. I like Shetland ponies. I'm like, can I pet it? It's like, no. I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> You're going to bring in this fucking adorable animal. It's I, my seeing eye pony. I'm going to shut up so you can get to the next one. I was actually kicked off a plane. I wasn't kicked off, but everybody was asked to be removed because this lady in the front had her support cat, but it wasn't like a registered animal. Like it was just a fucking cat and she wouldn't put it in like the little crate and uh, she freaked out. So she called 911 from inside the plane because they thought she thought that she was just being wronged in some way. And Man, after 9-11, don't fuck around with nothing on a plane. They were like, uh, so if you do this, we have to kick you off. But before we do that, we got to make everybody fucking exit the plane. And then we're going to arrest you. So that's what happened. It was really it was really fun and really enjoyed it and just fucking made my day. That's uh, actually the prequel of Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Number 22 is Saw. Yeah. Did you see Saw? Seesaw. Yeah, I see Saw. First one's fucking great. Seesaw? I don't even know her. <laughs> I barely even met her. The first one is good, That's and it's, that's the one I give it the to the first three, and then I check out, because that like fucking two. timeline. Donnie Wahlberg, fantastic. And you get fucking girl from Seventh Heaven. It's the little sister, and she's like on Smack or something. And you get the uh, the the chick from the first one, the bear trap reverse bear trap chick. She's back, the junkie. Oh, uh, uh, Son- Shawnee Smith. We His saw apprentice. her in the Blob. Yep. This uh, she's also weekend. in the the stand, the Stephen King movie. Never saw Eddie Winslow is in one of those. I think he's in part two or three. I think he's in two. Yeah. I Fuck, so. I don't know. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute since I've seen him too. Dude, I that seen syringe Jigsaw. pit. Oh. That's the hard scene to watch. That's right pretty there, gross. Number 21 is The Omen, the 1976 one. Yeah, that's classic. It's all for you, Damien. Oh, my God. That is... And then the way, like, she fucking jumps, snaps her neck, and then, like, swings into the window, doesn't break it out, but, like, bashes it. I'll straight say, man, that remake wasn't fucking garbage. No. That little kid was legit. Uh, Liv Schreiber... Cotton Weary from Scream. Liv Schreiber. Yeah, there we go. Playing Gregory Peck's character. Right. He was good. I think the only thing that kind of set me back from that movie is like Damien's terror astronaut, not on the three-wheeler, but he has like the fucking, um, the scooter, the razor scooter. Like the yeah, power scooter thing. Right. Oh, and fucking, um, Styles. What's her face? Julia. Julia Styles and her fucking stupid head. Hot Sorry, body, hey, weird face. Julia, if you're listening... Get some fucking work done, dude. Your head is a nightmare. It's like somebody carved a jack-o'-lantern and like a, a three-inch circumference in the middle and the rest is just your fucking head. 
It looks like you and Kirsten Dunst, when you were like 12, just took a running jump at each other and just fucking smashed faces and just see what fucking would stick afterwards. Kirsten Dunst's head looks like a catfish had sex with a Rubik's Cube and then like had some real nice tits. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, number 20 is Carrie, the 1976 version. Plug it up, plug it up. That is fucking... Dude, that movie's legit. That is... That you is, get PJ Scholl. That is a fun movie. Fucking John Travolta. Fucking old girl from RoboCop. My great-grandma had a picture that's in the scenes where, like, her mom's fucking whipping her and, like, fucking giving her all the religion fucking, like, teachings and shit. It's that picture from the Bible depicting the scene of Thomas the Doubter where he walks up to Jesus Christ and doesn't believe that he was actually fucking speared in the side and he fucking sticks his hand into the fucking wound getting all goopy on jc where the fucking spirit destiny fucking struck jesus and like that's the picture that's hanging and she fucking had like the exact same fucking one i remember it it's i don't super creepy as a guy that went to catholic school i don't remember thomas the doubter doubting thomas son of a bit no yep. peeping to whatever doubting thomas yeah. i feel that should be like a progressive christian rock band name if it isn't already it was creepy uh, let's see, number 19, The Ring. Yeah. No, that first one's legit. When you see that chick in the fucking closet for the first time and her face is all uh, derped out, Brian Cox is in it. Yeah, he is. I like the scene where the mom's watching the movie, like, over and over again to, like, try and, like, stretch the image to, like, see what else she can find. She can, like, figure out where the lighthouse is located. Where the camera angle should be, She's but like, it isn't. She's, like, fucking grabbing the fly off the fucking it's screen witchcraft. and stuff. That was real cool. So who is... I can never remember that chick's name. Naomi Watts. Yeah. She's good in that. That little kid who's in the Chainsaw Massacre remake, he's fucking good at that. Brian Cox is in it. That horse kills itself. Fuck you, horse. See... Uh, article too when I'm talking about ponies. Brian Cox is fantastic and he's a treasure in everything. He could be like shitting in my mailbox. I'd be like, keep up the good work. So he'd be like, I know what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> Number eighteen, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. I give it to Day of the Dead. I'm a Day of I the think Dead fan. I I was gonna say like I'm the only person on that iceberg. Like yeah, Day of the Dead. Nope, I'm on the iceberg right next to you. Like I I get it. Day of the Dead. Or Night of the Living Dead is fucking a classic. Right. And I'm not mad at that movie. I think the only reason I'm kind of schmeh about Dawn of the Dead is that people just suck that movie's dick off so hard. It's got a lot of, like, social commentary that is lost on me because I wasn't a product of that age. Yeah. So it just, it's kind of over the top for me. I do like the movie. I fucking love zombie movies. I'm a very fucking, like... Ken Forte is fucking great. Forte? Forty? Forte, I think. Yeah, that, that dude's fucking... Uh, that dude's a beast. He's great in everything. Savani's in it. Yes, he is. And he reprises that role in, what's that? Survival? The, the one, what's the one with, uh, Hot Dog, Dennis Hopper? Uh, uh Land of, Land the, of Dead. the Dead. Yeah, Savani comes back and reprises that role as Machete. I love those first four because I look at them as like a, excuse me, a series of movies because they take place in different, like, time periods right you got the, like the 60s then like the late 70s early 80s then yeah. the 80s and then basically in land of the dead like it they're they're it's now surviving 90s. yeah oh because we had tom savani's remake of night of the living dead with tony todd and mm-hmm. patricia's can't think of that fucking name is it stevens steelman mm-hmm. yeah. she's awesome though she is she played uh, uh not a lot of vagina but robin swallows and austin powers mm-hmm. 
It's like, is this a man, baby? And then, eh, it, it really is. That's her. <laughs> then you got number 17, uh, the original Evil Dead, 1981. I prefer the second one, but you got to respect that first one, man. The first it, one was... I find the first one to be a lot creepier than the second one. A lot more happens in the second one. There's a lot more characters, because a lot of motherfuckers die off pretty early in the original Evil Dead, and then you just get basically Bruce versus a bunch of fucking ghouls. I love, like, the simplicity and intricacies of the fucking ghouls. There's a scene that, until it came out on fucking DVD and Blu-ray, when all the ghouls are melting at the end, it's one of the witchy-poo chicks, and she's like... And her head's bubbling and shit, and you know it's claymation. You're like, how did they do that? But then, like, the fucking claymation model shifts, and you can tell they superimposed it. And, dude, for, like, what, 1980, 81? That's still really fucking cool, and for made on, like, a shoestring budget. And what's great is that they got the claymation so right, even back then, as like, opposed to, like, when you watch, like, Basket Case. Yeah. And you see fucking, uh, what's-its-nuts? Belial. Belial fucking, yeah. fucking hate walking across the fucking floor like it's a goddamn Gumby cartoon. My brother looks like a squashed octopus. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number 16, Child's Play, the 1988 one. Yep. Aunt I, Maggie was an ugly bitch and got what she had coming to her. Yeah, she got what she deserved. That's a solid movie. And I love how they set that up like to still kind of question whether it's Andy. They were originally going to go with like more of a surprise reveal towards the end that it wasn't Andy and, and play on more of uh, that, it, you know. I'm glad they went that. Uh, Alex Vincent, mm-hmm. that's who it is. I remembered his name. That kid is so fucking legit in that movie and adorable. I feel bad for him. And like when he cries, I want to like, hey, pause the movie. Hold up. Come here, little buddy. It's going to be okay. I'll hold you. Dude, so, because uh, you know you can't get through an episode without talking about a uh, fucking whorehound. <laughs> they had that child's play panel and this was the after party and I was like, 30 sheets or i was very inebriated and i saw him and i pulled the dumbest fucking move ever i said hey man it's you from that thing he's just like yeah that's me the guy from that thing (laughs) so alex vincent if you are listening i know who you are it's okay buddy man yeah you really just got him just fucking jones and for really wanting to talk to you didn't you right he's like oh boy the pinnacle of my evening this <laughs> elevator <laughs> number 15 rosemary's baby not gonna lie never seen it really yep that's a pretty good one uh it's a slow burner but you know it was the 60s it's got mio Farrow as rosemary pretty fun stuff i, I he like has it. his father's eyes right that's that it's a good one. It's a good one, but it's not. It's not for everybody, especially because it's at a. It is very much a product of its time. I just picture like a little Al Pacino popping up from the, you know, the fucking bassinet. Is that what those things are? Yeah. Okay. Hey, I don't have a baby, and I know baby stuff. <laughs> bassinet, like, I'm a little Al Pacino. This is how I talk. This is a really good impersonation. Moving on. Number fourteen, Night of the Living Dead, the 1968. It's good. I like the fucking Savani one better because it's Savani. I respect. The movie, because, fuck, dude, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have modern zombie movies. That is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the original over the 90s remake. Not that the 90s remake isn't good. It is damn good. But I just love that original one. It basically set the rules for all fucking zombies, which is fucking fantastic. Uh, What bothers me a lot about it 
is that it is like the rights weren't properly like, oh Romero got fucking hosed in the back in the day, so it's in public domain, so anybody can get it and release it. You can watch it online for free. And what's weird is I've got like maybe five or six different versions of it where it's the movie, and then another studio has taken it, shot new footage in black and white. Uh, I've got one that's like the 20th or 30th anniversary, something like that. Dude, probably try 40th. And it's got a bunch of added scenes. What's really cool is they added a lot of like zombie scenes, and they were done really well, and they fit in well with the movie, and they did a good job like making it definitely fit like the time period. However, they added some weird stuff with like this priest who gets bitten. That was weird. And then it he fucks up the, the Romero rules. Yeah, then he doesn't turn into a zombie because he's like, oh, I had the power of God. And he's got this like massive fucking scarred face. I'm like, no, that's like, dumb. get out of your bonehead. Yeah, I turn it off. I love watching that one, but I turn it off when it comes to that fucking scene because it's at the end anyway. And I'm like, whatever, dude, fuck Keep you. you this is stupid. Number 13, It, the 1990 version, which is actually kind of cool because out of the 30 movies on this list, this is the only made for TV. Um, I don't know, man. It, to me, like, everybody was terrified of that movie as a kid. I just, I don't. Scary clowns, man. It's. Not, I don't have, like, a problem with clowns. So I definitely it's think not very the scary ones are, dot, like, dot, unsettling. Dot. But. I just, and then, like, so, it's this demon creature from a parallel universe, and then it's a sp- Spider? He's the eater of worlds and of children. I have one eater of worlds, and his name is motherfucking Galliacatus. <laughs> and if there's a kid on the planet, guess what? You get eaten too, bitch. It's like dessert. Right, right. It's like, I got a ginger stuck in my tooth. <laughs> oh. I like it. Uh, I still watch it to this day. It's, it's oh, very enjoyable. It's a different movie from the dude, remakes. That new one, I, I think I like better. I didn't see part two yet. I I'm waiting for that hype train to calm the fuck down, and then I'll, I'll piece my own thoughts together. I am bummed that the, they should have called the second one, like part two, just It's. No, Die Itter. Die Itter. It Harder. <laughs> it Harder. It with a Vengeance. <laughs> it too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> But I, I do like it. It doesn't... The original one has a bad payoff at the end with the creature. Yeah, he turns it's, into this... Made for TV movie. They it's fucking run over and push him over. Yeah, it's... Brilliant battle plan. The first half, though, is solid and very fucking terrifying. Even the, It's not it, terrible. I even mean, the first act of, of the second part it. of it. Here's battery acid, you slime. And a young Seth Green. That's, you know... It does is, Seth Green age? No. Is he like 40-something now? He just gets slightly taller every 10 years. Right, after he absorbs souls to keep his ginger coat so <laughs> sheeny. That's my second. And then when he gets, he gets too tall, right, he just like levels out. So now he can now grow facial hair. Oh. It's not like leveling up. It's then he opens up a side category of, right. you know, like skills. It's his second transformation. Tree. Yes. Slightly beardyish. <laughs> Number 12, Scream. Yep. Scream's a fucking classic. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. Scream is awesome. I'm going to burp loudly. Continue. Love me some Scream. Uh, number 11. Oh, I wasn't done talking about oh, Scream. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Uh, dude, so I saw Scream in theaters when I probably shouldn't have. I think it was in the sixth grade. 1996. Right. Uh, I mean, let's just talk about this all-star cast. We got Drew Barrymore. Claire Danes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. We got the Arquette. We got Jamie Kennedy. We got Matt Lillard. We get fake-ass Johnny Depp. Skeet, 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 Ulrich. You got Courtney Cox. Courtney Arquette. Cox. Um, oh, yeah. At <laughs> that the was time. the whole thing. 
Uh, oh, dude, fucking Rose McGowan before she got all that work done. You got uh, Henry Winkler. That's right. And Wes Craven and probably one of my favorite cameos. As, as Fred, the janitor. He's like, you're talking to me? No, I wasn't talking to you, Fred. You talking to me, Sheriff? Right? Yes, dude. <laughs> Straight up. It's like, I should have got him. I like how he hides the, the Wes Craven when he directs those. He hides that Freddy sweater. Is he? Is it hidden in three and four? Because in the second one, when she opens the closet in her dorm room, it's very it's fucking similar. Hanging. It's very similar. It's like a navy blue and. So is it? Is it in? So is there one in the third and fourth one? I can't remember. Uh no, because we straight up have Wes Craven and no, that's Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. My bad, dude. Because I know, yeah, in this first one, he has when Wes Craven is playing Fred the janitor, he's wearing the the ugly fatty sweater or one like it in the second one when in the very beginning when you get Nev the great value fucking, version of it open up the fucking closet in her right. room there's one hanging there for whatever reason i might even had a fedora too i can't remember but then i can't remember if i saw one in three and four i just watched those recently too dude it's been a minute those all right always worth a rewatch for me oh and we get one of my just all the iconic dude that whole part where jamie kennedy is talking to jamie lee curtis he's right behind you jamie lee right behind you and when these fucking high school kids are terrible. They're like, they just found, was it the principal or like the gym teacher? Hung the up, principal. They find Henry Winkler up. was fucking strung up by his guts on the fucking, uh, on the field goal. Right. The they're like, football let's field. go play a football game. I don't they're like, let's go see him before they take, before they bring him down. Right. Like, I don't know football, but I know like they make some kind of reference. Like, let's go kick off and super bowl. Yeah. They like run out to fucking go see him. And it's fucking, they're just terrible and fucking drunk kids. is shit. Buddy in, in high school, we weren't much, we weren't much better. I like how fucking David Arquette as the cop shows up and he's like, give me that beer, son. You're underage. Nah, he's just like, just nah, I'm just kidding. And gives it right back to him. And he's like, drive safe. It's like, Dude, when Sydney clocks, fucking Courtney Cox or Gail Weathers and then fucking, um, uh, what's her fuck dude. Uh, 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 Rose uh, McGowan's like, yeah. damn bitch went down. It's like, bam, Sydney, super bitch. <laughs> uh, what's her name dude tatum tatum yeah liver alone and so okay bringing it back remember that scene when Stu and fucking billy are in the video store yeah and they're talking to randy and then like billy's they like watch prom night they'd save time well i mean not too far off um wait <laughs> Stu comes up on billy's shoulders and like a randy's shoulder and starts playing with his ear it's just like fright night yep it is real good. I love fucking Scream. It's that is my go-to fucking palate cleanse, fucking like comfort food like franchise. I love all the major franchises for sure, but there is just something about the Scream franchise. Maybe just because it came out in my era, right? It wasn't something that I visited later in life, and I just got to grow with that series. Ah, uh, no, wait, we're not talking about Scream Two. What else you got, dog? Oh, number eleven, Scream. Silence of the Lambs. All right, so this is a fucking hot button debate I have with people, and uh, what the studios and the fucking academy. Uh, this is not a horror movie. This is a suspenseful thriller. Fuck you. This is a goddamn horror movie. Uh, do I even have to explain why this is a fucking horror movie? I mean, the scene alone where you get fucking the two fucking prison guards strung up like fucking the cover of in utero like fucking nirvana's album like fucking guts hanging out and shit that's a good deep cut homie right like 
that alone, and you don't get it for very fucking long, but you get it long enough, and then later on he fucking peels off the fucking face. And right, the surprise! Like, that's all good. Let's not forget Buffalo Bill. Right. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Candy cane. And real talk, this is why we all know Goodbye Horses by Q. Lazarus. This is true. I have a fun story. Um, You know, Tom. Mm-hmm. I won't say his last name because I don't want to blow up his spot or whatever. UConn. Yes, Yukon Tom, our old buddy Yukon Tom. We were driving around in the fucking loop, and like he had that, you know, goodbye horses up to a fucking 11. And then, like, every stop sign, I would pop out, I'm opening my chapstick right now, and I would lean all the way the fuck out of the car and just apply vigorous coats of chapstick. <laughs> Say, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. As you drive and talk to the screen pedestrians. Right, yes, yes. Would you fuck me? Yes, at pedestrians, and they're just like, it's the loop. <laughs> so, number 10. Poltergeist. Yeah. 1982. Honestly, I give it to two, but the first one's fucking legit. Two, super scary. It's all, but it's about Reverend Kane, man. Like, Reverend Kane makes two fucking super scary. What's crazy, and what we talk about all the time, but the first one is, uh, it was a PG movie. It was a Spielberg movie. Slash Hooper, Toby Hoops. Right. So there's a little weird controversy with that. It's like, who actually directed what? And I think, like, they let Hoop have the reins of the show, and then every now and again, Spielbag would show up and like, Hey, Toby, why don't you uh, go get a Dr. Pepper and cigar, cocaine, or all of those, and uh, let, let, let the Spielberg write the scene. Why don't, you go, why don't scene. you go write your scenes for fucking Chainsaw Part 2? Yeah, while you're filming. <laughs> I do love that, though. Uh, the fucking... Sam Rockwell is so good in that... Uh, oh, wait a minute. That's wait a, a minute. different one. That's Coach. That's got Coach in it, yeah. Dude, is that mom, like... I like how they're fucking smoking pot casually in the house. Yeah, mom is twisting dubers in her fucking pantaloons. Right. Getting fucked up the wall. Or I love the scene where the fucking cameraman that's fucking been hired to fucking oh, capture shit peels his own so face off. He turns his face into a Lunchable. <laughs> Plus the scene in the pool, those are real skeletons. That's real skeletons. Because they were fucking, they bought them from the local uh, skeleton college. Skeleton factory. Because they were cheaper than buying fucking they fake skeletons. They bought them at skeleton, skeleton, skeleton. So when you see that, if you didn't know that, and those fucking corpses pop up and those graves come out of the pool and there's all those fucking skeletons those are real dead bodies i want to talk about that fucking kid in the movie not carol ann who like died she like turned into a poop gusher talk about the the boy yeah who like doesn't age another seth green motherfucker because that kid what what do you think poltergeist is 80 82 82 all right then we cut to uh leprechaun what is that like 92 uh actually i think that would be 89 or 90 I think you're smoking crack, dog. Uh, gentleman's wager. I mean, I I have no way to look it up right now, but yeah. Oh, I, it doesn't matter. Go on. Well, we'll deal with it on the next amazing episode of Here Comes the Spooky Podcast called How Wrong Was Jeff. <laughs> what was that look? Go ahead. No, keep telling your story. Now All I'm right. Look it up. So I'm pretty sure if I had to give it a guess, because we got young Courtney Cox. Leprechaun is I'm gonna say 1990. I'm going to say two, and my second guess is 1993, but I'm, I'm going to say 92. It was 93. Oh, so primarily, haha, you're wrong. Uh, and more importantly, that kid didn't age in 10 years. Do you think he's got like that Andy Melanakis syndrome thing going on? Because like, that's the same kid, and he's in some other shit too. Probably absorbed all the souls from the uh, fucking cemetery from Poltergeist, and that's what keeps him so young. Oh, shit. And then, um, who's fucking Coach's boss? 
the the dude from Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bonus little treat. You move the doomstones, but not the bodies. Do it, move the bodies. So number nine, the thing. Yep. Uh, if you do not like the thing, take both of your thumbs, jam them up your butthole, go to your highest flight of steps, and roll the fuck out, dude. The thing is one of the greatest fucking movies of all time. John There's... Carpenter's the thing. Yes. Like the OG uh, Howard Hawk. Howard Hughes? I don't... I'm not sure. I've seen it, but I don't know who did the original one. Okay. Or, but it's not It's not original. It's just a different movie. Yeah. But John Carpenter's 19... It's not... Is it 80 or 81? 80, 81, somewhere Okay. That movie is the fucking best. Uh, I will fight you. I'm not a big, tough man, but I will let you punch me in the face, but you're going to be wrong. That is C- such a fantastic movie. You got movie. Kurt Russell. You got Willard Brimfrey. The oatmeal, dude. Uh, the, from the David diabetes Keith. commercials. Diabetes. Uh, so what's the premise? Do we just kind of break down on this real quick? No. no. Uh, we got fucking nine more movies to go through. A shape-shifting monster from outer space with some of the best special effects of the 80s and of the genre altogether. Uh, and Kurt Russell pours booze into a machine that's cheating while playing chess. Yeah, we're going to get to it one day because it's just one of the fucking greatest movies of all time. It's yeah. the GOAT. Yeah. Yep. Number yep. eight, Psycho, 1960s. Yep. yep. Dude, Vince Vaughn was so good. Hmm. No, fuck that movie, dude. That really the the OG Psycho, let me just spell it for you. It's motherfucking Alfred Hitchcock. If you like horror movies and don't like Alfred Hitchcock, maybe you better find another hobby because you are doing it wrong. <laughs> and plus, um, oh, who plays? Uh, Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. And I love that he sticks with the series. Yeah, dude, what a fucking entire, trooper. Yeah. He's like, oh, Mick Garris directed the fourth one? I think. I think maybe he did. I don't know. I think we've been over this. So Mick, Dur- Mick Garris directed all of the sequels. <laughs> you just can't go a fucking episode without fucking... Did you... He's out there, he's directing movies, and they sneak into, like, our rosters and shit. No, but the original Psycho is fucking great. We get uh, Sam Loomis, that's where we get that name. Janet Lee, fucking Jamie Lee's... Holy shit, I never made that connection. Look at that. Wow. Um, That's probably Carpenter doing that work. Dude, that is Carpenter being like, oh, and also equally as amazing director. Uh, Probably I give it to Hitchcock, man. I love Carpenter, though, don't get me wrong. John Carpenter, if you're listening... (laughs) <laughs> sorry dude find something better to do buddy you're john carpenter i was surprised that even though i wasn't surprised that psycho was on here what i am surprised is that the birds was not of all the other hitchcock movies i mean vertigo rear window those are fantastic i'd probably give it rear windows before i give it to birds but the birds man but the birds is great i love that movie yeah it must be this cheap feeder so number eight i'm sorry number seven friday the 13th 1980 yeah i love that fucking movie um, every time I watch it, it's something new for me. I know it's the one of two Jasonless. Technically, you could say Goes to Hell is Jasonless for the majority of the film, but why are you watching that fucking movie? We're talking about the original Friday the Thirteenth, dude. Everything about it is great. Um, it's a fun whodunit. I love a good it is, whodunit. dude. I it Tom Savani stepping up, fucking just bringing us great gore. Sean Cunningham directing it. He did a good job. Yeah, no, now I'm getting sad thinking of all these negative parallels that we have today, but no, let us celebrate Money changes Friday people, the 13th. Man. And it makes fucking people cunts. Yeah. What can you do? Ugh. Number six, 
The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. I am shocked that isn't higher up on the list. It's in the top ten, but when you hear the other ones, you'd be like, I can kind of see why. Well, I know Nightmare's on there, but we'll get to that. Uh, No, OG Chainsaw, personally, I prefer the second one, but you fucking respect the original because people say it's shot in this gritty, real, almost documentary-ish. That's a word. Uh, It is. It's got that grainy look like The Hills Have Eyes. And it has, like, one of the best shots uh, of horror movie word the thing where the chick uh lady red butt is watching it's that tracking shot and like it goes under the fucking swing set and keeps going Mm -hmm. they fucking try to emulate that and like almost every chainsaw sequel well the later ones because they don't know what the fuck they're doing um but yeah so like did the texas chainsaw massacre affect you in any way in your childhood oh uh leatherface gave me nightmares up until my 30s like i couldn't i couldn't watch a movie and i would watch them have no problem watching them however he would scare me he would i would have fucking nightmares about him like that night if it was playing in the background of another movie and i caught him he would fucking visit my dreams like he's fucking creepy um that scene where like fucking the dude is just back like looking out like at the front door inside the house yeah. and fucking Leatherface just fucking Bill. opens up that giant fucking door, hits him on the fucking hammer, silently fucking grabs him back in and fucking closes the fucking door. That fucking gets me every time. Seed. I got a quick little thing about this. So like my buddy's mom, Zinkin, Mama Jean, it's Thanksgiving. I'm staying there. Like I go back on Thanksgiving and mom is just sitting there. Mom too. is just sitting there eating fucking Thanksgiving dinner. Like the leftovers by herself watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She's like, you ever see this one, Mike? I'm just like, mom, you're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre by yourself and eating leftovers. Thanksgiving leftovers. She's like, yeah, this is a blast. I'm just like, you're one of my favorite people. Number five, Alien. Yep. Ooh, is Aliens the better movie? But see, this is horror movies, and Aliens is definitely an action, action movie. Action Alien is a suspenseful horror movie, for sure. Sci-fi, yeah, suspense. It is gory, it's gruesome, it's just the one alien. It's not very sincerely action-packed. Would you say the real villain of the movie is Jonesy the Cat? Because you wouldn't have to deal with the majority, or a great portion of that last act. And parts of the movie, if it just Jonesy would have just stuck around and wouldn't have been bad. Plus, I like how you don't have to just deal with the alien later on. You got to fucking deal with Ash too. Oh shit! Yeah, the fucking Milky Boy. Yeah, you get like an extra protagonist out of fucking or extra antagonist out of nowhere. Bill Bobagan jamming that newspaper down your fucking throat, right? dude. Number four, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep, 1984. If you need us to explain to you why this is a fucking classic horror movie, rent it, watch it. Get don't fucking dick around. You take your phone, go hide it somewhere in your house yeah pause this podcast because you're fucking you're in the wrong place watch the movie then come back right i mean so i'm just gonna save everything i want to say about this movie for the when we do right a nightmare on elm street yeah i didn't want to get too deep into the woods on some of these uh number three so now we're in our top three here what uh you want to take a guess what the top three are uh well we already got chainsaw we got nightmare um Ah, shit. So we're in three. We already did Amityville and Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. God damn, dude. It's going to be Poltergeist. We already did Poltergeist. Oh, duh. Halloween. Halloween is on there. It's not number one, is it? Well, we'll I'm, get there. Yeah. So you got take take a guess at three. Um, I'm scratching my head, dude. I got no idea. All right. So number three, 
The Exorcist. Duh. Yeah, that's classic. Right. And, and, and it is. Like, the second one sucks. The Heretic. It's good, but for all the bad reasons. Yeah, and then 3 is its own thing. It's fantastic, but it really has nothing to do with The Exorcist. It kind of does. I mean, it does. They they bring some stuff into it, and the, the priest and everything. And I get that. I understand what they're doing with the whole like trilogy of it. However, it's it is not a movie unlike one and two, especially it is unlike the one. True sequel to the original film. Uh, what the fuck are they doing with two? You got Darth Vader talking about crickets and shit, and then like, I don't know. The only good thing about the Exorcist two is the soundtrack. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh. But yeah, dude, The Exorcist uh, has one of the most terrifying scenes. And also, if you've never seen The Exorcist... Your mother so sucks in hell. Right? Quit quit being fucking 13 and just rent the fucking movie. Uh, when old boy fucking Fabuga's out the window and then takes a... All the way down the steps. Just that, that one moment. No, that fucking spider walk scene. The crab walk. And then she just shows up. It's like, oh, yes, I'm an astro. It's like, I hope you die up there. Pisses all over the floor, all over the floor. I love how they do it in Scary Movie 2 where she just like nonstop, won't stop pissing the whole fucking time. All so, right, what do, we, what do we got? Number two, The Shining, 1980. The Shining, boy, quiet. You trying to get sued? The Shining. Yeah, dude. Don't um, go poking around between four and five. That's Willis time. You know what, uh, what bums me out is that Stephen fucking King himself is just like, this is an inferior version. Yeah, he does not like Stanley Kubrick's fucking version of The Shining. Yeah, but did you ever see the TV version of it? Yeah. That is a... Uh, Closer to the book for sure, but it's... It ain't great. It's got a different feel. It the book good. itself is very terrifying, but... I mean, there are things in the Stanley Kubrick movie that aren't in the book and vice versa that work well. That, like, when I read the book, I'm like, oh, man, I wish this was in here. And then when I read the book, I'm like, I wish this was in the movie. I just kind of want to be like, hey, Stephen King, you... St- Stick to writing your movies and staying far the fuck away from the producing aspect of it. You made Maximum Overdrive. You don't really have a lot of room to talk. What's really weird... Which is like, that's number one, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, What's be. really weird about The Shining Man. is that it's... When you watch it and you think about it, like, you know you're creeped out because you know it's fucking creepy, but it's a slow burn. It does, like... At it's two the, and a half hours, everything is slow in that fucking movie. They Jeff. fucking, like... Crank it to 11 in that third act. All right, I got one for it's you. It's slow there. Now, is it fucking Jack losing his mind, or is it the evil of the hotel? It's the evil of the hotel. I think it's a little of column B, a little of column A. And uh, is he drinking ghost hooch? Do the ghosts let him out? I don't know. I got questions about that movie. Number but it's one. Fucking, is, it, is it Halloween? It's Halloween. Yeah. 1978. Yeah. So for the longest time, because I don't know, I'm weird. Like I didn't appreciate the first Halloween. I'm just like, what? What is it? Okay, because like I've said numerous times on this podcast, I cut my teeth with Halloween too, which you know I, I'm a, I was a little too young to appreciate all the suspense and all that. Right. One is low on the gore factor. Right. There's not a lot of scares. Yeah. It's the music that plays you more than the than the shape himself. It's got that low, that slow burn kind of shit. And so I finally realized uh, a couple of years back that Carpenter and Deborah Hill, they didn't want to make any sequels. So like the end of the movie when Mike gets shot six times. I shot him. I shot him six times. Um, And then, you know, Loomis goes to look over the porch and he's fucking gone. At that point, there were not. 17 sequels already done you know like 
that was a one and done. They felt it, it was scary to end it that way because you get they, they show you all the scenes as they're come like ending the movie where he places was. they had been prior to yeah, the and film it was locations. scarier because he got away sort of thing. Right, like he could be out there and he could be anyone. Yeah, that's 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 pretty scary. Like now that I think about that, like, and then it ends with like him, you know, fucking walk up breathing heavily like you know when you walk up a flight of steps you're like so what's crazy about this this list here is i was going through it and something that's like stuck out to me as i was you know just counting them up is that i put dates on specific ones that's because 16 out of the 30 movies that we fucking mentioned have been remade have been fucking remade and i'm looking at this i'm like hollywood get an original fucking idea like i get some of these like i know that pet cemetery was remade simply to cash in on it because that's coming up to its uh, 30th, 35th year. Yeah. So those rights are going to go back to Stephen King. So the studio was like, might as well cash in on it one more fucking time. There's nothing we can do about it now. And you definitely got a half-assed remake. It looked good on paper. The trailers itself looked pretty fun. But when I saw it... So I've, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I know the spoiler which they fucking spoil in the preview is what that gauge doesn't die. It's the older sister. Oh, that's that not dies. the spoiler. I mean, they just, it's not the older sister. It's just, I mean, it's, well, it's, it is, but it's, it's the little girl, but that doesn't change anything. In the movie, right? It's still a dead kid. It's the ending has completely been rewritten. I'm not going to say it, but, oh, um, uh, it, I was on board. I heard John Lithgow was uh what's his fuck. He's the old the, the, judge. Don't go near the Rowan. The Rowan, uh, right? And John Lithgow is fucking great in my book. He is good. He I don't know good. if there's enough drawing power for that. Anyway, it just there. You know, there's just something about it. Plus, you got Child's Play, which just recently remade. Poltergeist got a, a remake about three or four years ago, which I, I Sam Rockwell, I do like it, but it was one of those PG thirteen movies. You know, I get that the first one was only PG, but that was the fucking eighties, dude. Yeah, got that was a lot of shit. PG thirteen. Like you should have like make it R. Uh, Amityville Horror got a fucking remake. The Omen got its remake. It was okay. Carrie got a remake. It wasn't bad. It was all right. Dawn of the Dead got a remake, which I actually enjoyed more. That was great. Than the original. It was fun. There's something about, like, you watch the original. I think it's slow. I understand that Savani was still new to the business, but the zombies were blue. Yeah, and I don't just, know what was going on. Like they bring a like you, they bring you more of a like a traditional looking zombie when you get to the Day of the Dead. But well, even they even bring back some of the blue zombies from Day of the Dead. It's just it's weird. It's hard to watch. Or in like Day that. of the Dead, obviously it. I would say definitely warranted a remake because that was a made for TV movie. So now you're getting like you know the special effects of Hollywood. They can really go above and beyond with the terror in that one. I dug that first one. Uh, Evil Dead that remake was. I liked Holy it. Holy shit, It was dude. intense, but it wasn't necessary. I'm uh, not mad that that movie happened. And What I am mad about is that they set you up to bridge the two as if it was two separate universes because you get Bruce Campbell at the end. Let's talk about movies that were bummed that aren't on that list. So, uh, Where's uh, Troll 2? Uh, so, Psycho, that remake was terrible. Oh my, that was a scene-by-scene scene Shot for shot remake that was like Vince Vaughn. gore for Bigna or some Bates. shit. That was awful. And then you throw in fucking him jacking off. Get the fuck out of here. You get the, the Shining 
which we talked about the TV remake. Halloween got the Rob Zombie remake. You know what? Let's talk about this uh, new movie coming out, this fucking Doctor Sleep. Do you know about this? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's get through these first. Well, it's part of The Shining. Right, I know. But let's do the... They uh, spend, like, a great portion of the movie in the... Sh- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta be. Go you gotta stay. Stay on target. I am. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre got... Uh, a remake and then a and then a prequel, remake and then, and then a, a remake, remake and then a remake and then right. a prequel and then a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. That was unnecessary. It was a good premise, horribly executed, terrible. I mean, what Bobby Earl Haley Jr. Jackie Joiner Kersey, just that dude's good, but he fucking sucked as Freddy. I just they wrote him poorly. They wrote everything uh, other What's than the matter. I haven't even country. He sounded like fucking Louis Anderson, <laughs> dude. Uh, like they bring in the micro naps aspect of that film, which is cool. Clancy Brown is in a movie and it fucking sucks. That's a rare. That's what, a rare what thing. What the shit, dude? All right, what else you got? Um, let's see. Friday Thirteenth technically got a remake. Yeah, that was a remake. You know, uh, it, they don't really dwell on the original so much. You do get the whole. Yeah, you get about like two minutes with, of that with Pamela, but they basically remade. One, two, and three, mm, kind of right away. Yeah, yeah. I I would go one through four with that. Yeah. So that that's an odd remake, but it is one itself. I did enjoy that movie. It's not bad. So it's not that I hate all the remakes, but I'm just looking at this. I'm like, these are there are so many on here that are just. I just felt something was a little off with the remake. Maybe it was Jason's luscious golden hair, or Michael Bay had something to do with it. He so, took a hostage. Sh- he took a fucking hostage. You're right. That's the dumbest. And he was protecting his thing. dope fields, which that's kind of funny. And he's like, it looks like Pamela. It doesn't look like Pamela. No, she sounds like a shrew. Yeah, it well, doesn't fucking look like her at all. They even like, him. she's even got like the locket with her fucking picture in there. I'm like, you look nothing like her. You know who that looks like? Chris from Part Three. Right. It's just, it's just asinine. Um, let's see. What's the uh, Night of the Living Dead? Uh, got the 1990 remake, which I do like. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is fun. It, you know, you get a, you get a remake. It changes up the story a little bit. It makes the fucking uh, the final girl a badass. Dude, she goes ram bitch opposed to being yeah. a comatose. Yeah, cunt. Barbara is not fucking like a handful like she is in the first one. I enjoy that. a no, lot. No, she's like, give me a gun. Let's fucking do this. They get a shit. good twist with Tony Todd at the end. I really do like the the '90s remake. It's in color, which is really nice. Right, not Ted Turner colorized, but, but then it got remade again. Oh yeah, it, it's it, then it keeps like Sid Hag was in one of them. That's the that's the Night, Night and, of Living Dead 3D, and he was great, but the movie, not so much. Like you're 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 touching base on like third remake territory, and it's just, you know, I get it, right? It's in public domain, so you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. We can make one if we wanted to, but you don't have to. There's it's not necessary. Fuck, I think the Council High School put on a <laughs> production of that. Like, if you're going to remake, like, a horror movie, don't touch on a classic. Pick something that's, like, out there that you want to bring to the mainstream. Like, when they did sort of a remake or sequel to uh, the Town of Dreaded Sundown, right? That was a beauty. Or you're getting, like, and now we're going to get back to it, the, the Doctor Sleep, right? Which is a sequel to The Shining. and But here's the thing. It's also a little bit of a remake because it... it changes what happened in the movie because it adds elements of the book and the movie together basically to appease both sets of fans and then obviously Stephen King and it looks fantastic. Well, yeah, you I'm got very excited for it. You and McGregor he's he's it's pretty good. Mhm. I'm really excited for it. So that's that's the whole list. Uh 
As far as it goes, I'm pretty happy with the majority of it. I uh, Why wasn't Mac and me on there? There's a couple that I just thought maybe weren't the greatest, right? You've got like Insidious, The Sixth Sense, basically some of the newer ones, right? The Conjuring, Saw. Conjuring is legit. I, I That is a classic. It I is. Will, I it will is, vouch for that. It is good. kind of upset. Sinister wasn't on there. See, that's more of like a modern one that I would think would have fit better than like Saw. But I get that Saw was huge just because when it came out, there wasn't anything quite like it. It was no. made by the people who were in the movie, like the directors in the movie and stuff like that. It was a very small budget. Gary like, Ulls was really good. Yeah, that. like that's like the biggest like name in there and stuff like that. So, I mean, if there was maybe one or two that I would have put on there. I'm not mad at that list. Real talk, you know, like if you did your 31 for Halloween, you know, the season or whatever, those would be great. Most of those would be great. I'd probably sub out maybe eh, four or five, but whoopty shit. That ain't bad. Yeah, that's what I would do is pick out just a couple of them. I'd throw in a Project Metal Beast, (laughs) uh, a Night of the Demon. Yeah, no. The no. good shit. No, it's terrible. House on Haunted Hill, Reanimator. See, now Reanimator I would have put on here, for sure. That That is one that definitely would have deserved to be on the list. Yeah, you know what? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, The Blob. I would have loved to see Creep The Blob. show. You know, and it's just like surprising to me, like Silence of the Lambs, right? Okay, that's super, it's creepy. But there was another movie from the same like time, yeah, Manhunter, that would have that I thought would have fit this movie better, and that was, um, goddamn, I just had it in my fucking head. What's it about? Arachnophobia. Ooh, yeah, okay. I think is a lot scarier than Science of the Lambs. It's I, I'm fucking terrified of spiders. I don't fuck with spiders, dude. There's too many legs. I don't like how they move. Right. Um, and that is a really creepy movie. It's a little more kid friendly kind of. Th- oh fuck, Monster Squad. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a horror movie, though. That's like the Goonies. Buddy, it's got universal monsters. It's got, like, all of them. Right? No, I get that monsters are in it. All right, all right. What else you got? What else you so, got? We're jarring on here. Right? So that's the, end of the, that's the end of the list. I thought it was a pretty good list, but I wanted to, you know, put it out there for everybody. We've already fucking talked for almost an hour now, so. Uh, moving on. Now we're going to jump into Silver Bullet. Yeah, uh, This is fantastic werewolf movie uh, from 1985. Super excited about it. Uh, Nachos, where was the first time... Or when was the first time you saw this movie? First time I saw Silver Bullets. Uh, I was eight years old. Uh, no, I was over at uh, the Zinkin household. Yep. So were you real young when you saw it? No, I was probably about like eh, maybe sixth, seventh grade. They just had this fucking catalog of like all these just popping VHSs and shit. Like if they didn't have it at Picket Video, like there was probably a good chance they had it there kind of thing. I came to this real late. It was t- 2017. You had suggested it because I'm not a huge werewolf movie guy. I do like werewolf movies. There's not a lot of good werewolf But movies. when you come down to like monster movies, my favorite is zombie movies. I love zombie, especially Romero movies and things like that. But I'm just really huge into zombie uh, movies, zombie culture. Not so much The Walking Dead. Uh, it's gone on far too long. Oh my god! But uh, I did. I came into this in 2017. I saw it, and I fucking loved it instantly. So I feel bad that I didn't see it uh, back in the day. But man, like once I saw it, I was like, "This is fucking wonderful." This is not on our Hello Nasty list. Um, we just did this because it's a good fucking movie, right? We just did a vampire movie with Fright Night, so now we're gonna fucking do a werewolf movie. Because actually, we're getting ready to the next. We're going to do the entire Twilight series. <laughs> Figure knock out the good werewolf and vampire movies, and just 
then, get her hands glittery. And then bring it know? together. Right. So, uh, director uh, Dan Ateus. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Yeah, that guy. Uh, this is his only feature film directing credit. He went on to do a bunch of uh, werewolf porn, right? Bunch of TV shows. That's right, TV shows. Uh, he did stuff like Lost, which some of the cast is in. Sopranos, It's Always Sunny. What? Uh, Party of Five and like shit like that. Like not, he didn't like go through like you know did everything in those, you know through those series. But he did a bunch of it was right. Form. So you ready to meet our casualties? Let's do it. All right. So the first one here, arguably the biggest actor in this. You know, in these, and there's so there's actually a pretty big cast, but I'm only going to touch on a few uh, because it's just there was just fucking so many. Uh, is uh, number one Gary Busey? Nope. No, I'm just kidding. It's Corey Haim. Corey Haim. Yeah, yeah he plays Marty Coslaw. I thought it was fucking Coleslaw. Coslaw. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense because that's a real the S name. is before the L, except before E. <laughs> Uh, so, if you don't know who Corey Haim is, then get the fuck out. He's like, one of the two uh, 80s sensation known as the Corys. Right, exactly. A.K.A. Michael J. Um, <clears throat> Michael Jackson's plug buddies. He was in the show, The Two Corys. Uh, he was in the 80s, he was fucking huge. He was in License to Drive, Lucas, Lost Boys. Lost Boys. He was in a uh, sci-fi thriller with Michael Ironside called Watchers, which was pretty good. So, they made like three of those, right? I've only seen the first one. I gotta so check. So if there's out. more, I don't know. Uh, sorry, not to uh, get us off topic. Already. So next up, we've got Megan Follows. She plays Jane. Janie the bitch. Jane, yes. Mar- fucking Marty's sister. Um, she was in a bunch of TV shows and TV movies. She didn't have a. She didn't have a like a. She has a large catalog of those, but she wasn't in any. I feel other that's gonna that be the find. theme with the majority of these uh, actors and actresses. Um, next up on the list is a little fellow you definitely have heard of, motherfucking Gary Busey. Busey, right? He plays Uncle Red. Mind you, this is pre-motorcycle accident, Gary Busey. Yes, it is. So he's uh, not bad shit, right? You fucking. He's know. on the cusp. He had done the Buddy Holly story. Uh, later you know on, he sang all his own fucking songs yeah we used to be in a band he used to be in a band called like carp called the Buseys. <laughs> uh then he was uh, lethal weapon right he's mr joshua he's mr. in joshua he's in point break he's in predator 2 predator 2 under siege the firm he's in black sheep oh my fuck he is in black sheep yep. isn't he man and i love gary Busey. This, this is the craziest fucking thing about the world that we live in everybody's fucking super sensitive and fucking extra pc and they're always worried about fucking pissing each other off but nobody ever thinks about this Everyone makes fun of Gary Busey. Movies, television, comedians, everybody does. This Gary guy, Busey himself. This guy has legitimate, actual, fucking doctored, fucking notoriety. Fucking, I have this. You can't fucking prove otherwise. I have fucking x-rays and fucking medical records and history to show you. Brain damage. So how'd he get that, This man? is like the Bring only... Up to speed. So he was just in a fucking motorcycle accident. He wasn't wearing a helmet. He like hit a tree or ro- like the road or something. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. But... The, the the shock and the damage to his fucking skull like actually gave him like degenerative brain damage. It's been diagnosed with it several times. And everybody, me included, right, make fun yeah, of this. We're fucking not guy. above this. Right? Like I'm fucking I, hey, that's some low hanging fruit, right? I'm gonna right? fucking take it. But this is an individual who gets who has fucking brain damage and everybody is okay with making fun of it. And now, I guess you... it's because he's okay with it, but no one ever stands up and goes, Hey guys, we're kind of making fun of somebody who has actual brain damage now do you think the gingerbread man himself <laughs> fucking is hamming it up turning that dial up a little bit like well i could i could be 
uh, could be. It I, could, I could be. just show up, and she's just like, "Fuck it, I'll run with it." It's easy, easy, easy. Speaking of my brain damage, fuck. He's fucking nuts. Uh, next up, we've got you know that dude's like fucking six eight. He's huge. He's a big old motherfucker. He's fucking giant. I wonder how they film that. I'm interested to see how they film that for Lethal Weapon because they try to make fucking uh, Mel Gibson almost the same height as him. He's shorter, but like he was on Mel Gibson platform shoes. If I like understand, like as a, as a little guy. Like, he's not super tall, like, compared to fucking Gary nah, Busey. Right. But they don't make him, like, tower over him in that movie. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'd have to fucking... They brought in Peter Jackson and had a hobbited up. <laughs> They've got uh, Everett McGill, oh. who played Reverend Lowe. Uh, so this guy's in a lot of stuff. He's one of those actors that you see, and you're like, I know this guy. I know things that he's been in. I don't know his name, but I just, I recognize him. I know one for sure. I know he was in People Under the Steps. Yeah. Hold your tongue and say, better luck next time. So he was in Dune. He was in License to Kill, the James Bond movie. Uh, is that the Cocaine Shark one? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Because the the one of the two T Daltons. Yep, that's the other Timothy Dalton one. What's... That's the one with Benicio oh, the del living... Toro. Fuck the Living Daylights. Yeah, License to Kill is much better. Yeah, where Felix fucking gets his fucking oh my god legs eaten off by a shark after his wedding. But. <sighs> And his bride gets gets a fucking yeah. That's a keep tough the one. fucking uh, return receipt for that. Then the people under the stairs. That's right. Uh, I was also in My Fellow Americans, which is just a funny fucking. Is that with like Jack Lemons and uh, Walter Matthau? Uh, Jack Lemon and uh, 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 fucking uh, I forget the other guy's name. Jack. No, it's not Jack Pounds. Jack Bauer. Uh, I forget, but it's a funny movie. Uh, then last person on this list uh, that's even worth noting is Terry O'Quinn, who oh! plays Sheriff Joe Holler. He was in The Stepfather. Yes. And The Stepfather 2. Man, I love the first one. That fucking opening scene. Oh, that's so gross. He's just fucking like shaving his beard. He killed the fucking dog. Yeah, and he just comes downstairs and you see all those. The kid's dead. The fucking wife's dead. The dog's dead. That family is schmeared. Right? He just walks out the door. He's in Stepfather 2. He was in Young Guns. He was in Tombstone. He was the mayor. Oh, my God. Tombstone. He was in Primal Fear. And then most people probably will know him from fucking being John Locke on uh, lost the the tv shows you know whoa that's a callback do you think he directed an episode he was in kind of thing oh the definitely directed... he the director did a bunch of like lost episodes maybe six or seven so i mean maybe it's not a bunch considering they've like I don't know, you know like a episodes, episode long season right and... um released in october of 1985 um so this is a good year same year as fright night so a lot of the same stuff right reanimator return of the, the living dead part five. fright night the stuff day of the dead nightmare on elm street 2 friday's revenge friday the 13th part v the mutilator and again fall break my personal fucking favorite the howling 2 your sister's a werewolf god that's almost as good as a movie as this right it's 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 a better title for sure oh no doubt uh so how to watch uh you got your classic vhs um 2002 there was a paramount dvd with no special features. Bare fucking bones. Thanks, Paramount. Right. There's been several DVDs released of this in like Stephen King movie compilations, like with oh, like yeah. it and Pet Cemetery and all kinds of different stuff. It's got no special features. Um, there is a region-free, like European Australian Blu-ray from Umbrella Entertainment that has that's what I got, buddy. That's got a bunch of special features. I don't own this one. Not a bunch, but uh, it's got more than any other. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Um, 
I, I'm bu- buying this this year. So December 2019, Scream Factory, which is fucking fantastic, is bringing us a Blu-ray with a ton of fucking special features. I'm really excited. So I got this one pre-ordered. I'm definitely getting it as it comes out. Um, it's also currently streaming on AMC right now in October. Uh, we were going over the list, Nachos and I, before we even got fucking started with the show. Had an altercation. Right. Uh, so they've got tons like Graveyard Shift, Thinner, Carrie, Christine, uh, like Pet Cemetery one and two, they got all these Stephen King movies. They've got uh, Final Destinations. They've got all the Halloweens minus Halloween three. They've got all the Friday the Thirteenth up to Part eight. Halloween uh, three is pretty good. Like AMC just fucking gets the rights to these. Like, in do you remember when they October used to have? Like, sorry, not to fucking abruptly jump in here. Do you remember when they used to have like the hundred most scary mm-hmm. parts from movies? What the fuck? Bring that shit back. They used to fucking like marathon <sighs> shit. Like two, they would have like the. 30 Days of Halloween kind of thing. Yeah. Where you'd watch, or 31 Days of Halloween, where you'd fucking watch a scary movie each night. Then, like, on Halloween, they would just have nonstop fucking scary movies, mostly Halloween movies, but they'd have a ton of stuff. So you can get it there. If it's not there, it's almost almost constantly streaming on Amazon Prime. I assume that it's not currently there right now because it it's isn't. on AMC. Yeah, I tried to get a hold of it. But I watched it. Earlier this year, I watched it last year. I watched this movie a bunch all the I time. I watched it all the great. fucking time. Dude, and it's, it's always so on Prime, so... You can definitely check it out there. Alrighty, Nachos, you ready to horse around with some maniacs? Let's get these motherfuckers. Alright, so the movie opens with a close-up shot of the full moon as the opening credits begin to roll, and we get a narration introduction from Jane, who is the sister of the movie. And I really like this, because she kind of narrates throughout the whole movie. Uh, She talks about the nightmare that the town is going to experience starting on this very night. Now, I have a huge problem with this narration, but it's not with the beginning. It's with the very end, and we will tackle that then. Next, we cut to the railroad yard as we are introduced to Arnie, who is driving a rail car, drinking on the job, and singing the Rheingold beer theme song. It's it's goofy. It's uh, the guy who plays Arnie. He plays uh, Lou. Uh, the fucking coach in Major League One and Major League Two, or the manager or whatever. So uh, it's, it's a pretty funny scene. Uh, while he's, like, out in the shadows, something is, like, stalking him. Well, like, he's singing. I almost... He's, like, singing and drinking Reinhold, Reingold beer. No, I was thinking the whole, like, they can't get mad at him for drinking and driving because it's a rail car. Can only go. Yeah, what, what are you going to do, backwards? <laughs> so... Arnie hears a noise in the woods, but he goes about his business, repairing and cleaning debris from the tracks of the rail yard, when he notices these large, beast-like footprints in the dirt. He stands up to look around and gets decapitated by a large, fur-covered claw, followed by a long howl in the night. And this is a cool scene. We are not even two minutes in the movie, and we have our first death, which I like to call alcohol abuse. (laughs) Also, I wonder if, like, the the werewolf shotgun is next stump, you know, because he's got all that fucking precious alcohol content right? in him. I like how they do it, and, like, you get that shot of the fucking head, like, <laughs> fucking just flying through the air. That was the good indicator. It's like, all right, I'm in for a good time. Right? Just right into it. The narrator adds that even though the killings had begun, the county coroner assumed that Arnie's death was an accident as he was a known drunk. Chronic drunk. Drink every time they say chronic drunk in this fucking movie. And there was like no evidence of anything else. So Jane's narration continues as we see the town of Tarker's Mill 
is prepping for their annual 4th of July celebration. And there's a big town-like gathering, and Sheriff Joe Haller is instructing the townsfolk to settle down as he introduces Reverend Lester Lowe, who wants to address everyone about the festivities that are going on. Next, we meet Jane, who is sitting with her parents when she tells them that she's taken off because this is fucking boring. And Jane's mother, Nan, tells her to go check on her brother, Marty. Jane gets pissy because she's 15 and she doesn't like her 11-year-old brother, Marty, who is off catching snakes in the bushes with his friend, Brady. Did you catch this scene as she's walking away? Just some random bitch. You only see one. She's like, go take care of your brother, Jane. He's yeah, like, just being, this is like, a ton of shitty chicks. business, lady. Fuck. Jane walks over to Marty as Brady dangles the snake they caught from a tree and scares the shit out of her. And she does this, like, fucking head dive into the ground. It's it's the goofiest fucking thing. It's, like, way to overact. Like, it's just, a, it's very unnecessary how she fucking dives away. Uh, Marty then rolls up, and that's right, I say rolls up, and we see that he's in a wheelchair. But it's, it's not, like... also a go-kart? It's not, like, a fucking normal wheelchair. It's this badass fucking gas-powered something or other. It's, it looks like something that fucking PB Herman would have. It's, like, one of the, 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 uh carts at walmart but it's got like up. motorcycle handlebars and like a fucking gas like throttle on it and shit it's like if you had to be in a wheelchair this is the optimal option right? to fucking run with jane gets pissed even more as brady continues to tease her and marty tries to apologize but jane isn't fucking having it and she runs off in the bushes to cry i think what you meant to say is brady uses both hands on his snake and ruins <laughs> them hose and then makes her wet <laughs> While crying in the bushes, Jane overhears a couple arguing about being pregnant, with the man claiming that while it's her oven, it ain't his bun, and he storms off, leaving the woman to cry alone on this bench, and Jane just fucking sitting there in the bushes, just kind of watching this shit going on. Well, that's happening. She's like, I guess my life isn't so bad now. My hose is soaked, but I mean, this hoe, ugh. So Marty's family all head home, and when they get there, Marty asks if his Uncle Red is going to come over for a visit. Jane tells him that Red is getting a divorce and that he's what a drunk. Fuck, dude. This whole movie, they just bash on Uncle Red because the dude enjoys a couple cocktails. Right. He's had a couple unsuccessful marriages. Maybe don't be such a fucking asshole about it. Maybe, like, talk to him like he's your fucking brother or uncle. And her and parents, like, even know that she's kind of a bitch because they're like, dude, don't sweat she, the small stuff, She's Jane. a straight bitch because back at the fucking the park, it's just like... Marty was my cross to bear. It's like, you being a little overdramatic much, bitch? Yeah, I'm so sorry he's fucking paralyzed. Yeah, it's definitely his sorry fault. Sorry you have to look over. Well, we'll get to that. We'll... <laughs> Marty later sneaks into Jane's room during the night to leave some money on her it bedside smells her table. Panties. Uh, no, wait. Was that in your version? Wasn't yes, it my it's, version? it's that UK version. <laughs> so he leaves the money on her bedside table for the pantyhose that got ruined earlier when they scared her with the snake. And they... Start to have a conversation, you know. Marty's a pretty fucking good dude. Right? He's like, I'm really sorry, you know. And sorry, Brady's an asshole. So we cut to across town as we see the pregnant woman from earlier, who we learn is named <laughs> Stella, alone Stella. in a room, trying to commit suicide with pills, claiming, and this is one of the fucking best lines in the movie, and it's fucking so over the top. We have fun with this. Well, suicides go to hell, I guess especially when they're pregnant. It's like, God damn. And I don't even care. Right? It's like, God hates suicides. Especially when they're pregnant. doing it like pill by pill. Just like, pill. Well, gotta stay hydrated. Right? She's taking that fucking red pill and fucking seeing how far the Matrix rabbit hole goes. <laughs> Not like a fistful of pills like a fucking rock star. Right? Do it all at once. Don't Come fucking on. slow it. Don't slow the roll. 
And uh, all while, like, fucking outside, there's, there's something stalking. A POV. Outside the house. You see a wolf-like hand grab the... Tr- is that a trellis? Uh, it's like one of those, like, rose garden fucking... Yeah, like, things that, you know, like, usually you see the people, like, climb in the 80s and go into bedroom windows and stuff. Couldn't happen in today's society. We right. are a little too big for that. So, while Stella is continuing to do her best Kurt Cobain impression, Ooh. she hears a noise and turns to see a large werewolf jump through her upstairs window and just begins to shred her ass to pieces. Fucking flipping her and flopping her all around the room and just shredding Right, her. just fucking clawing her in the back, clawing up her fucking face, just going to town on this chick. Downstairs in the house, her mother hears all the commotion. She runs upstairs with a gun. She grabs the fucking heater from the, um... From, like, the desk. Yes. And then runs upstairs, and she finds Stella's bloody corpse spread out... This is such a cool scene. Like, she flips the the lights on, and she's in the foreground all corpsed out. We have death number two, Dr. Wolfman's abortion delivery service. (laughs) She is very much dead. The next day, the sheriff... Actually, that should be death two and three, but we're not going to get into the how far along was it. So the next day, the sheriff is dealing with the fallout of the two dead people now in town, while over at the local tavern, the townsfolk are getting up in arms. The police aren't doing enough to keep them safe. They're like, we fucking pay our taxes, and Joe Holler's not fucking doing enough. The dude that runs the fucking hardware uh, store. Right, he's fucking getting everybody all riled up in arms. I have a fucking Dr. Mutton, Mutton Chops. (laughs) This dude needs to calm the fuck down or needs to don't come to the bar because this dude is a shit disturber the entire movie. He's a fucking, he's a cunt. He's a real cunt. So the people in the bar continue to get fucking rowdy. Not U.S. cunt. Uh, they're getting fucking rowdy with each other, and they fucking are about to start a fight, like, with the fucking deputy who's in there. Uh, as the bar owner, Owen, tells everybody to calm the fuck down while pointing one of the coolest fucking baseball bats in existence in everybody's fucking face. It's this large, wooden fucking bat. It's all weathered, and it's got the fucking words, the peacemaker, fucking edged down this, like, burnt down the side of it. I'd say this is second, probably, to Negan's baseball bat, Lucille. Negan's is cool because it's wrapped in fucking barbed wire. I would actually think that... Uh, Nick Foley approves. I would I would go... This is my favorite one. I would say that a fucking nail baseball bat, like from fucking The Dorm of the Blood, Blood, is much cooler, and then Negan's would be the third one on, on the list. But the Peacemaker... Well, it, it's like uh, <clears throat> Fire Resistant Plus 5. Right. It's just fucking so cool. I Do you... Who, did you get a Peacemaker? Oh, uh, so... Uh, a couple months back, I do this thing every uh, year. I get older, and we celebrate it. And my uh, my good friend, Cincinnati Jeff, didn't buy, but handmade me the Peacemaker. The full one. I did. I did. I got a fucking full-on unfinished baseball bat, and uh, I learned how to do, like, wood burning. Uh like not well and then like fucking took screenshots from the movie and like laid it over the bat and fucking worked on it and like i stained it with some fucking goofy shit he has third degree burns all over his hands and anus because of it, it it's fucking it's dedication legit. i gave and it I, to him and i was like i want one of these i appreciate it and thank you so later on marty is getting out of his last day of school when he meets up with brady and tammy and then he heads home with tammy on the way home marty's telling tammy all about his wheelchair the silver bullet and how his uncle made it for him, when they see the police are boarding up the windows over at Stella's house. Tammy tells Marty that spooky shit's been happening around town, and that she keeps hearing strange noises at night coming from the fucking, like, garden shed and the, and the greenhouse in her you backyard. You know, for being, like, Tammy's family being dirt poor, 
they have a big house, a huge fucking mansion of a greenhouse, and then like seven other sheds. Yeah. I'm kind of, do they run a farm? I don't know. But like a pot farm. Yes. Get it? Because of all the pots. All the terracotta pots. <laughs> Boom, <dum, tss. laughs> you, you can leave now. You can leave your own podcast. So then her fucking dad, Tammy's dad, starts yelling at her to come inside because he doesn't like cripples while Marty heads off to Virgil's gas station to fucking fill up gas on his wheelchair. Damn cripples, they always end up on the welfare. Electrocute them all. Bounce the budget as he's drinking OG Budweiser piss grenades. Right? Such a piece this of shit. This dude looks like fucking State Park Mario. You, this like, dude is bad. I want this guy to die. Like, yeah. yeah not not just, oh, of old age or of, you know, congestive right. heart condition. Like, on screen. I want this bloody. dude to, like, get impaled by a piece of wood or something. I don't know. So, la- <laughs> so later that night... Marty is playing cards and goofing around with his Uncle Red, who's shown up for a visit, which is now we're introduced to fucking Gary Busey, when Nan tells him that it's time for bed because they're fucking gambling. And- Nan is such an uppity. I didn't know that Red and um, Uncle Red and uh, Morty. Morty. Yeah, it's Morty. Morty. Uh, they're, they're gambling with baseball cards, and then he's like, you can't bet the manager. You can't bet the fucking managers. Piss on, on the, the Yankees. Yankees. Piss, Piss on, on the, the Reds. Indians. Piss on the... And just like, oh... And Uncle Red tells one of my favorite jokes of all time that I will gladly yes enlighten us. All right, so uh, and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing here. A dude walks into a bar and uh, he sits down, and the bartender says, "Hey, Jackass, do you want a drink?" So our third guy's like, "Okay," and then it's like, bartender comes by and says to the other guy, "He's like, hey, hey, do you want a drink, Jackass?" Kind of thing. And this goes on for a minute, and then so our hero says to the guy sitting next to him, he goes. Hey man, why do you let him call you that? He goes, oh, he all, he all, he always calls me that. <laughs> I know I butchered it, but whatever. Watch the fucking movie. You know, I'm not Gary Busey. So as Marty goes and heads off to bed, Red and Nan argue about Red's drinking, and now he is fucking giving up because he's going through a fucking divorce and he's just fucking getting hammered. Sorry, in front of you're Marty. bad at love, dude. You know, let this leave this man be. Be fucking supportive. And if, uh, you know, a bottle of 101 turkey wants to help you cope, that's right? fine, too. So then he gets on fucking Nan. He's like, you fucking, like, the way you treat Marty, like, you're only interested in fucking getting him from the bed to the tub, from the tub to the toilet, from the toilet back to fucking bed. He's like, he's not a fucking chore. You got to treat him like a kid. Also, I want to know, how the fuck did Gary Busey outlive Corey Haim? <laughs> yeah, th- think about that. Let that pot boil for a minute. <laughs> So, across town while this is going on... Cut back, to the WrestleMania manor. Right, back at fucking Tammy's house. Her dad is fucking watching fucking wrestling on TV. When he hears loud noises coming from the fucking shed, it's like something's out there fucking smashing up all his pot. Come on, Rebel, let's bust him up. Time to kick some ass. Bust his chops. Gonna bust him up real good. It's NWA wrestling, for the record. So, he fucking hears all this shit. Goes to investigate as he fucking grabs his gun. He's like, oh, I'll fucking teach you with a little rock salt in your ass. Uh, so while checking things out in the fucking shed in the greenhouse, a werewolf busts through the fucking floorboards <laughs> after stalking him a little bit, and he fucking attacks Tammy's dad, pulling him down, and while this happens, he gets fucking impaled in the stomach on one of the fucking broken pieces Giant of the floorboard. splintered logs jutting out. Right, as then the fucking werewolf finally fucking drags him underneath and just drags him away. It reminds me a lot of uh, that, that eyeball poke scene from Zombie. Oh, yeah. But it's not. That's much more intense. Alright, death number three. One, two, three. Get out. <laughs> 
The next day, as the town is discussing the latest murder, you hear on the radio that a curfew has been put into place until the murderer is caught. Meanwhile, Marty and Brady are playing in the park when Jane comes to get Marty for dinner, and they head home. Being a fucking... Just stick in the mud. Just another fucking Janie's just round like, of fucking Janie the bitch. Yeah, my crippled brother. Ugh. So on the way out, uh, Marty asks Brady. Brady? Brady. Brady. Uh, it's like, you come and he's like, no, I'm good. He's just flying his smiley face kite. Just fucking flying his little fucking kite. And oh. then like, longing look at Brady. Then cut back to Morty. And then Grady. And then Morty. And yeah, I'm saying their names wrong. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then it's just like, boy, it's like you guys are trying to set something up. Right? I don't know. Foreshadowing. Hmm. So as night falls, many of the town are fucking back in the fucking tavern and are bitching about the fucking sheriff when Brady's dad fucking comes in to see if anybody has seen Brady because he hasn't been home yet. Yeah. Cut to the park and we see Sheriff Haller roll up carrying fucking Brady's kite and it's fucking completely covered in fucking blood. Just fucking soaked and dripping. As the camera zooms in, it fucking shows Brady's corpse laying under a gazebo. This is fucking gruesome. This is one of the few scenarios. I'm a gore hound. I'm a gore whore. I think this is one of those very few exceptions where less is more. Right. Uh, I want to jump back real quick. When they're in the bar... Uh, because it's just like the fucking dude that owns the hardware store. I can't think of his name. It's like, I'll just call him mutton chops. It's like Milt or something. Uh, and, and the deputy, they're getting ready to square up. Then Grady's dad comes in. He's like, have you seen my son? Brady's dad. Brady. Sorry. Uh, if I was the fucking deputy, I would have just bam, got a cheap shot at me. Like, ha ha. Should have paid attention, bitch. Right. So the dad shows up with the deputy and to the scene of the fucking murder and fucking freaks out, it. right? Because he just fucking found his son dead. Uh, we cut to Brady's funeral. Oh, where... wait, hold up. Death number four, country style biscuits and Brady. <laughs> also, his dad kind of looks like John Waters. His dad looks very out of place for the rest of the fucking town. He does look like John Waters. It's weird. He's like well-dressed with like pencil thin You know what? Mustache. Witness protection program. That's what it was. He's actually from Derry or something or one of the <laughs> Castle Rock fucking... You know, neighborhoods. So at Brady's funeral, everybody is gathered while Reverend Lowe gives a sermon. Afterwards, Red offers to take Marty home while the rest of the family heads off to do God knows what. And on the way out, fucking Marty tells Red that maybe it's not a person doing all these murders. Maybe it's it's a a monster monster or or werewolf. Red tells Marty that he's crazy. Uh, You know, the only thing broken about him isn't just his legs. And the police are going to catch whoever's doing it. Uh, Wait, yeah, okay, so I, I have a thing here. Um... Why, do you, why don't you get that idea out of your head the cops are gonna catch him you'll find out he's as normal as you or me uh well for motherfucking starters gary Busey is saying that so uh <laughs> that's kind of an unfair uh playing ground well at this point Busey hasn't had the accident so he's sane oh uh, dude is he he's he's a little squirrely he's a little wild i mean he's just drunk maybe he's the wild turkey <laughs> maybe he's the liquor andy so Later that night, the town folk have now formed, like, a militia, and they're in the fucking tavern, and they're planning a patrol of the streets when Sheriff Haller breaks up the fucking party, tells everybody to go home, but Brady's dad fucking makes this speech. Oh, they just pan over to him, and he is just, what do I, I don't even know what the word, he's just eerily hanging out, like, oh, you were here the whole time? 
Yeah. This whole public justice thing or whatever. Yeah. Starts yeah. fucking talking about public justice and fucking gets everybody riled up. He also mentions that his Private son, justice. Yeah, private justice. That's what it is. And his son is buried in like Heavenly Hills or uh, Harmony. Harmony. Harmony Hills. Hills, which is a throwback to Salem's Lot. So it's what he says is to the fucking sheriff. He's like, why don't you dig up what's left of my boy and tell him about social justice? Private justice. Private justice. Private justice? All right. Now, I swear to God, these fucking townspeople spend more time in this bar than the cast if it's always sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) So All right. They all head out for some private justice. While Revan Lowe shows up and fucking tries to stop everybody, and the fucking sheriff's like, just let him go, man. Let him get that private justice. Some of that, They're going to kill some, somebody. Some of that community gathering you were talking about, right? your fucking minister. So, or... we cut to the mob as they're walking through the woods near the park where Brady was found, and one of the members steps in a bear trap. <laughs> right? It's... It, for no reason. Are there bears in that area? But he fucking steps in a bear trap. Then he tries to get it off, and it goes off again. Yeah, that dude does not have it. <laughs> Which one is it? Is that uh, the, the part of the old couple? No, I don't know who this guy is. I, I don't. I mean, you know what? Seeming like the bar, but maybe he got his fucking leg clamped on, and then he bounced out. Like fuck this. I'm Everybody out. else just fucking moves on too. They're just like, yeah, he'll figure it out. No one stops. Like one guy stops to help. That's For right. a second. So everybody moves on deeper in the woods. A small group now. Is being stalked. You say woods, I hear soundstage because <laughs> this is what they fucking come to, and that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, so he's being that being fog s- machine is up to eleven, right? It's like uh, a swamp, and I love it. So they're being stalked by the werewolf as the werewolf. Like they start hearing some fucking noises, and all of a sudden, one of the fucking hunters is fucking mauled from behind. Another has uh, his... You mean death number five, baby black ribs? <laughs> the werewolf slashes the hunter and then throws him into trees, which I guess he might have been able to crawl out on his own, but fuck it, he is dead. The Another hunter has his face ripped off. Oh, the little wimp? Yeah. Uh, death number six, face mignon. <laughs> the old <laughs> wimp gets grabbed up and then fucking yanked out of the fog. When he pops up, he ain't got half a face. And we get a third kill. Which is Owen, the bartender. He is killed trying to run away. And as he fucking goes down, he tries to fucking hit the werewolf with his fucking I think peacemaker he gets bat. two successful hits. And then the third one... The fucking werewolf grabs the bat. Like, gnaws it in half. Takes it and beats him with his own bat. Beats him to death with his own fucking bat. Death number seven, assault and battery. Or peacemaker made its peace. Uh, later on... Fu- oh, hold up, hold up. We have three other deaths process of elimination just because they don't show them you don't see the rest of these people in the movie you got the old couple you make eliminate in your pants and then the other black hunter they're not in the rest of the movie I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't in the rest of the movie but i mean so andy andy is mutton chops he's the shitbag that runs the fucking hardware store somehow he makes it out alive and i'm assuming that the rest of them do as well because you get a scene later where you only see three coffins not four yeah, that was in a werewolf's dream fantasy. So, Father Lowe holds a funeral for all three of them and tries to offer some comfort when Brady's dad has an outburst in the middle of the church about how there is no comfort and there is only private justice. The Reverend looks out as everybody's like, hate fucking him. And he sees Indeed. now that all the people in the church begin to turn into werewolves. Starting to feel a little wolfy, get a little right? hairy. When he fucking like... 
it's nuts. Like they're fucking slowly fucking turning into it. Everybody's fucking doing it. The fucking it's sheriff, great, the moms, the, the old chick playing the organ. And then she, we noticed this earlier. She's fucking playing it, and like fucking blood is it's, shooting out of the fucking organ. Yes, like out of the keys, it's just seeping blood, and everybody fucking wolfs out. And this dude does a sonic wolf scream and shatters all the windows. Then all of a sudden, the fucking reverend wakes up. Boom! It was just a fucking nightmare, right? He's all fucking sweating in his bed. The next day, we see that the town's fireworks have been canceled due to all the murders. And Marty is bummed as Jane continues to pick on him because he isn't getting something that he wants before the family heads back to their home where they're going to host a barbecue instead. You know what they should? It's, sorry, uh, the moose up front should have told you that the park was going to be closed. <laughs> sorry, folks, park closed. Moose outside should have told you. Also, Jeannie is being a fucking bitch because <clears throat> Marty's best friend just died and why is she acting like that? What the fuck, lady? Like, can you be sensitive to your little brother I mean, and then mom, I think even says like, you keep it up. I'm going to fucking slap you in the mouth. And like, if I was dad, I already would like fucking knuckle kissed her face. Be like, you get in the back back. No, you tell her to take, actually, Jane, one sec. Can you take your seatbelt off? And then fucking hit the brakes really hard. Fucking send her to the back of the seat. Give her the fucking, give her the Marsha Brady fucking nose. Don't be a bitch, Jane. Yeah, no, like, for real, that's, that, if you drank every time she was being a bitch in this fucking movie, <laughs> you'd ever be, be like, hammered. you'd be like Uncle Red. So while everyone else is hanging out in the backyard at the barbecue, Uncle Red and Marty are up front talking about all the stuff that's happened while it's going on. You know, Brady's dead. Tammy, your best gal's out of fucking town to cancel the fucking... I don't really see on the, on the grand cosmic scale how fireworks being canceled is, is important as your best friend being killed i mean you're 11 so you're probably not like really get like grasping the whole like scope of everything but like you are now missing out on like giant explosions so i mean i, I get it all right all right so they talk about all the stuff that's been going wrong or on in the town as fucking uncle red tells marty that he has a surprise in the garage for him Red then shows Marty a new upgraded silver bullet. The titular silver bullet. Right? It's so it's like a three-wheeler. Inst- so it's, it's wheelchair, motorcycle, scooter, yeah. hybrid. It's got a fucking wheelchair in the middle of it with actual fucking wheels that Marty can move, but it's also a fucking like three-wheeler fucking motorcycle thing. It's crazy looking. It's huge. Like the other one resembled a wheelchair, like the original silver bullet. It was like thing... the proto stage. This yeah. thing is full on beast fucking mode. And it goes super, super fast. Right. He sets up Marty for a test drive, and fucking Marty fucking tears ass down the road while fucking Uncle Red watches. Uh, Uncle Red, I'm sorry. Like, I know this is your nephew and everything, and you love him, but, like, could you have given him a fucking helmet, maybe? <laughs> like, I mean... Foreshadowing for Gary Busey's real life. Oh, shit. <laughs> that wasn't what I was softballing for you, but anyway... <laughs> So, when Marty gets back, Red warns him to be careful since the fucking new silver bullet goes extremely fast. And also, not to tell his mom how fast it goes. Or I'll end up in the Vienna Boys Choir. (laughs) After the barbecue, Uncle Red goes to take off. Before he leaves, he gives Marty... Hold up. Uh, Red says his goodbyes, and then, like, when he's with the family, he tells Marty to walk him to his car. Oh, shit, I missed that. Yeah. And then he gives him uh, the... So then then he gives him, after Marty walks him to his car. What a shitty thing to say. Right, I mean, I get it. That's like a funny uncle thing, but like, (laughs) I don't know, dog. That's a little risque. He gives Marty a bag of fireworks since they've canceled the towns, and uh, he jokingly tells him to watch out for werewolves while he's lighting them before heading out, right? Watch out for them werewolves Because this is for the good guys. It's like, you know, 
it's kind of a cool little speech. And he's like, stay close to the house. Stay close to the house. <laughs> Later in the evening, Marty fucking sneaks out of the house and heads to the creek in the park to light off oh, some of his fireworks. Marty's parents must be fucking deaf because you can't hear that fucking that Frankenstein Dragula out in the front lawn just blah, 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 fucking two in the morning or whatever. And here's the thing, like he crawls out of a second story window. Dude, he's got that upper body strength. We to can't get even down. Argue that. Like it's fucking insane how his, this his, fucking his paralyzed kid is doing this. Legs probably don't weigh much. Shit, that sounded terrible. But he's got that upper body strength, so he's just like, you know, jostling it, it, down. It's a weird scene for sure. Uh so he fucking heads off to the creek to light some fucking fireworks when we see the werewolf is now stalking Marty. Uh, so he's sitting on the bridge lighting off all these fucking bottle rockets and uh, Marty gets too close to the dragon fire he set off and it's like exploding next to him and the werewolf comes up and starts screaming, Marty, put it in reverse! Put it in reverse, Marty! Oh, loud! Oh, Jesus, what you doing, Marty? Get loud! That must be in the European version. Yes. Morty doesn't like being talked to like that, so he pulls out his rocket and shoots it right in the fucking eye of the werewolf. So, while Marty continues to light off the fireworks, in my version, uh, the werewolf moves in to attack Marty, and Marty, to defend himself, fucking picks up fucking one of the big rockets and launches it at the werewolf, and it nails him in the fucking eye before he escapes at top speed on the silver bullet. He tears... Oh, okay, so I was thinking of this. This movie would have been over if the werewolf came from the other side of the bridge... Right? I mean, that thing didn't have, any, right, didn't have any fucking rearview mirrors on it. So, Marty gets back home, and he fucking calls his uncle to, like, tell him what he fucking saw and everything like that. But, like, his uncle does not believe him whatsoever. And this, we talked about this scene earlier. Like, he wakes him up in what is clearly a hotel room. And since we know he's being getting through a divorce, this is probably a hooker? Uh, or some chick from Plowtown. I don't know right. if, if Lady of the Night, but, uh... Right. So, in the morning, Marty is sitting in the silver bullet. Just, Looks super distraught. Just kind of fucking minding his own business. I would be too. Mulling over what he just saw last night as Jane comes up and he tells Jane what he saw. And then. First time she's being decent this whole fucking movie. Right. Jane then, you get it like the narration, like older Jane talks about how she believed Marty's story and then she wants to help him. So, what Jane does is she goes out to search for anyone in the town. Oh, because she's collecting cans for this fucking, like, right. med you drive. With, she has one eye. Like, she's looking for anybody that has one eye or, like, fucking wears in a patch. And she's using a collection of cans and bottles for the church charity drive as a ruse to stop by people's homes and businesses. Oh, hold up, bud. She's multitasking. She's still doing a good thing. And it's like, she's going to everybody's house and she's, like, looking at the fucking husbands and the wives. She stops by the fucking barber shop and the fucking now, restaurant. This is what I want to talk about. The barber shop. So she goes in there, and it's fucking Andy, who led the Justice uh, Rogue, uh, the the Beer Belly Brigade, what was it, the Lynch Mob, mm -hmm. into the fucking woods, and he's just sitting there with a hot towel on his face after he saw three or six people get murdered by a fucking werewolf, and he's just like, oh, or she's like, do you have any cans? He's just like, no. I'm sorry, if I just saw six... Or three people get murdered by a werewolf. I wouldn't be getting my fucking haircut. I'd be in my basement with that shit locked with my shotgun and drinking fucking 
101 wild turkey like uncle red that man's fucking grief counselor must be mother Teresa or something i don't fucking know it's ridiculous <laughs> well he's got that he's doing that hot towel therapy man like right? just he's super relaxed like he doesn't want to fucking talk about it he doesn't want to fucking move he's just bottling it up so he can go fucking insane and he's like real comfortable too he's like fucking one leg kind of up on the fucking bottom of the chair just fucking crossed in there and he's looking like he's taking a good nap i wouldn't want to be bothered either so Jane doesn't see anyone with like one eye or like an eye patch or anything. So she's got a fucking cart full of cans and bottles. So she decides to head over to the church to actually drop off what she's been collecting. When she meets Reverend Lowe outside working in his garden. This is such a great reveal. Like it's her in the background. And then it's just like Marty's a booger. And then like you cut to his face. It slowly pans over and he has a fucking uh Yeah, the fucking eye. Reverend has a fucking like eye patch. Like some a, gauze. He's just yeah. like, yes, Jeannie, little brothers can be quite the pain in the dick hole. The Th- pain in the eye. Pa- pain in the eye. Oof. I have an earache in my eye. <laughs> so we now know that obviously the Reverend could be the werewolf because he did not have this fucking patch before. Could be, or the answer is fucking give it to you because let's think of the foreshadowing. No drunk people with guns. Please don't go in the woods and fight this werewolf. This werewolf dream I had up in church where I wake up sweaty in bed saying, oh God, please, Lord, make it stop. Right, he's the fucking werewolf. He's the fucking Reverend Werewolf. So as Jane is putting all the cans and bottles in the shed, uh, you know, per the fucking Reverend's request, Jeannie, Jeannie don't know yet. She is startled and knocks over a large pile of cans. Because of a little mouse. Right? Where she discovers the broken top of fucking Owen's peacemaker bat. The Reverend then fucking goes in to check on the noise and Jane when she notices the eye patch that she did not see before. Right. And fucking, then she comes to the understanding that the Reverend is clearly the fucking werewolf and she takes the fuck She knows that he knows that he knows that she knows about him being a werewolf and she knows about it too. Right. So Jane then heads back home and she's tells... She's playing coy. It's like, I'm a, uh, it's, it's, uh, what smells like werewolf in here? I gotta go. My mom's making werewolf loaf. Oh Fuck. my God. It smells like wet dog in here, Reb. I gotta go. I'm out this piece. Deuces. Nice eyewear, by the way. It's pretty fancy. Nice bling. So she heads back home, tells Marty what she now knows, and asks Marty what they should do. And Marty says he knows just what to do. And this if next If you are scene, a fucking serial killer. <laughs> this is what you do if you're planning on fucking murdering people. This is insane. So we see the next scene. It's fucking Marty pasting together what a, like a ransom note. And I'm using this as the term because when I say ransom note, you obviously know I'm you talking about. You know exactly what I'm fucking, talking about. Cutting, you're cutting all the, all the fucking letters out of the newspaper. And right. you're gluing them in. Like the capital F from, from Glamour. Wait, there's no F in there. Whatever, from Farm Living or whatever. <laughs> the capital F from Glamour. It's silent, okay? It's it's in the European cut I have, all right? The capital Z from Giraffe. <laughs> it's giraffe Get it right, God Grab your it. ears, jerk real hard, and pull your head out of your ass, nachos. No, God it's a... Damn can't, it. can't do it. I'm not a spelling man. And this fucking note is... It's intense. It gets right to the point. It? It's like... It says, you have it? we know who you are. We, we know, know you what are. you are. Why don't you, you just kill yourself? Why don't you just kill yourself? <laughs> it's like, damn, Marty, you're 11. Dial it down a little bit. But I get it, right? People are fucking dying. Your best friend's fucking dead. You want to get Your to Your best the- gal's oh, out of town. You fucking launched. Uh, I fucking love that the whole time while Lever- uh, Reverend Lowe is reading this, he looks 110% like Jesse Custer from Preacher fame. So as Jane drops the fucking 
you know, note in the mailbox to anonymously be mailed to the fucking And then reverend. one the next day. And then one the day after. Right? We get this fucking, like, narration that Jane and fucking Marty sailed several fucking more letters. And we get a nice scene of the fucking reverend reading one of them. He's just like, hmm, they forgot to dot the I. And then they go and tell their Uncle Red what they've been doing. And Red is so fucking funny. Like, he doesn't believe what the kids are saying about the werewolf. But he does believe that they're fucking sending fucking hate mail. Why don't you tell the Reverend he could gargle with broken glass or eat a rat poison omelet? Right. So, all right. When he when they tell him this, he freaks out and says, "Holy jumped up bald headed Jesus Palomino!" I have no <laughs> idea what that meant until I researched it. So, in other words, Uncle Red is saying, "Biblical bald centaur, centaur Jesus who suffers from delusions of grandeur," <laughs> followed up with, "Sometimes I think your common sense got paralyzed with." paralyzed with your legs so they don't tackle it at any point in this movie why marty's paralyzed yeah no they don't like if it was born that way it was like an accident actually i researched it and i found the origin of that go ahead so uncle red and marty are wrestling around when they're younger and then uncle red says hey marty you like batman and marty says yeah and then uncle red says did you read nightfall and then marty says no and then he picks him up and breaks his spine over his knee how did he do that when Nightfall came 10 years after this movie? Uh, Paradoxes. It was based on a true story. Uncle Red has a time machine. Uncle Red is a time machine. He drinks that fucking wild turkey and he blacks out for days at times and then he wakes up in different time periods. So Doc Thus. Brown invented a time machine. Marty! <laughs> right? You get your damn hands off her! So later, as Marty oh, is... wait, hold up. And the one scene, I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. Which, <laughs> I want that. That is that a, yeah, that is a, that scene ends. I do like that. Gary Busey's fucking dialogue in this movie is fucking He's, he's a little treasure. So later, as Marty is now watching some kids play baseball... Not very healthy. That's probably not... Right? Like, uh, look at these functioning legs. Going to bring this up with the fucking therapist later. We see fucking Reverend Lowe is following Marty in his car, and he continues to follow him on his way home before, like, he just says fuck it and tries to run Marty over. Yeah, uh, this is full on, not like, there's some biblical tie-ins that, oh, wait, wait they address this coming up. I'm and he's not even, ahead. like, Go ahead. he's not even, like, wolfed out or anything. No, he's like, just being a, well. He is a full fucking human. He's like, I'm going to kill this kid with my car. So Marty is able to outrun him because the fucking new silver, silver bullet. bullet is a fucking ripper, dude. Right? It's fucking crazy. Like I had to change Mantis three different times while watching this episode. I, I mean, like, he sideswipes him a couple times. Don't get me wrong. Right, like, man, the Reverend man. gets some hits in, but the silver bullet it's like stands the fucking test there. It's kind of like some fucking twisted metal black shit going on, and he's like right? Mister Grimm. And <laughs> oh my god! So what's the what's is he Specter? Specter. Deep cut. <laughs> so. Marty's able to outrun him in the silver bullet, but the Reverend still chases him down, and they end up with, like, this old, like... Covered bridge. Like, covered fucking mining bridge thing. And Marty is a fucking asshole, because they've showed it multiple different times in this movie that Marty doesn't value how to keep your fucking gas tank full. Right, he's, he looks at it as he's fucking running from the Reverend, it's, like, close to empty, and he's, like, flicks it like it's gonna fucking help. And so he runs out of gas while he's in Check this fucking covered bridge. Level. So, you know... The fucking Reverend now has some fucking corner because Marty ain't fucking going nowhere. The Reverend gets out of the car and starts walking towards him. 
telling him that he's about to have a terrible accident and fall into the river, you know, because he's going to fucking kill him. And he just fucking goes in this whole spiel about it. I would have been fine if you just would have left me alone, but you didn't, you meddling little shit. When Marty hears a local farmer driving his tractor on by. Mr. Zimmerman! Right? And he fucking starts screaming for Mr. Zimmerman's fucking help, which... And his amazing uh, dance, or uh, riding pig. Right? Which fucking, I guess, forces, like, the Reverend's like, uh, too many people now. Bye. Two, two people and a pig. Alright, so this conversation is very similar to a little movie we may have watched last week called Fright Night, when Jerry's telling Charlie, hey, if you just shut the fuck up and let me do my thing, <laughs> we ain't got no problem here, buddy. Right? Right? So I guess, like, Reverend's like, oh, I can handle an 11-year-old boy. But a grown man, 11-year-old boy. And a tractor. And a tractor and a pig. Nope, I'm out. I'm fucking, I'm that out this pig, shit. That pig can spell. <laughs> That's one of them smart pigs. So back at his house, Marty, Jane, and Uncle Red go over what just happened when Red fucking finally starts to buy into it because he notices there's some fucking car paint on all the fucking yeah, dings on the silver bullet. he is just like, He's like, fuck, I don't want to believe these assholes. Jenny, what color is the Reverend's car? That color. Yeah, it's like, oh, and that matches the Reverend's car. It's like, fuck, there's some facts to this story. God damn it. So Red, fucking now fully on board, goes to the police station, and he tells... I would say fully, but about a good 75. Right. Minus the werewolf aspect, but go ahead, dog. Right, either way, he's believing that there's a killer Reverend out there. And he tells Sheriff Holler all about it, and while Sheriff Joe does not believe the story about the werewolf... He does agree that uh, the Reverend does warrant further investigation and goes to check him out. Later on, Sheriff Holler is at the church looking for the Reverend. In the middle of the night, he sneaks up. Right, but he cannot find him. So he instead checks yeah, the garage. he's probably asleep because it's like two in the fucking morning. Right, and he wants to check the car and he sees the paint scuffs on the fucking car from hitting Marty in the silver bullet that Red told him about earlier. Actually, it's uh, the sheriff sneaks into Lowe's garage and he ducks down to inspect the car and he says to himself, who am I here? <laughs> you Sheriff fucking stepfather. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who am I here? Reverend Lowe finds Sheriff Holler in the garage and asks him if he can help before fucking werewolfing out. See, he's being nice. But he's also sticking it to you at the same time. Yep. So then he fucking attacks old fucking sheriff stepfather. He starts snorting and <laughs> fucking wolfs his little collar off. And he doesn't, he doesn't like kill him werewolf style. This is another one where he fucking beats him to death with the fucking. He's in the throes. Like he's wolfing out. But he beats him with fucking Owen's baseball bat. That's right. Uh, Hard. Death, death number 11, an officer and a werewolf. 11? Yeah, those three other kills that I'm counting. That, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. This is death number eight, sir. Well, this isn't the three and four coffins thing. That's different. Three people died, uh, and then the three other people that are unaccountable for, and then somehow... I mean, that was a lynch mob of like 30 people. You don't see any of them ever again. You can't call that. They were in different quadrants. Three people died. They never mentioned it off screen. If anybody else died, it's only three people. Get used Uh, to it. You know what? The old couple, the dude that was making, uh, well, like, uh, the other black dude, he's out. He's still running. He ran. He ran all the way. He pulled the Forrest Gump. He lives on the fucking West Coast now. (laughs) Uh, And then the fucking, the the old couple, they just, uh, he died of a heart. He died of dehydration from peeing himself so hard. And then she, uh, she (laughs) died of, she died of fright. 
So they does. No. The, the mob squad is dead. They it's not all dead. right. And then fucking um. No, this is death number eight. Mm, I mean, you you think that there's a fucking F in glamour? So I know you also can't count, but it's death number eight, buddy. I'm yeah, sorry. but there's two Fs in fabulous. <laughs> the next day, Marty tells Red and Jane that he thinks the sheriff holler is dead. He and Jane like, oh, wait, we haven't heard from him in a day, and you're just assuming. Right? They give Red their silver cross necklace, and Marty's got like a silver medallion. And they... It's a swastika. It's very <laughs> tasteless. They tell Marty him... was going through a weird phase. <laughs> Nazi phase. They tell him that he needs to make a fucking silver bullet so they can kill, you know, Reverend Werewolf. Uh, Uncle Red then takes the necklaces, and he heads over to the local gunsmith. He tells him that his nephew has just discovered the Lone Ranger, and that he would like a silver bullet made for him. So you know the lore of uh, the Lone Ranger and all that shit? I don't. Okay. So I think that it's actually pretty badass, but like it's from the nineteen, you know, thirties and shit. So we don't. So it's like he is kind of Walker Texas Ranger, but like his whole fucking crew got smoked. So then like he kind of has this ghostly visage kind of going on, and he only uses silver bullets. Mm-hmm. Which where the fuck are you going? He get just all roams that around doing frontier justice with Tonto. Yeah, and his horse Silver. That's kind of the shtick with that. Hi ho, silver. Right, right. And this the horse is actually made of silver too. <laughs> it's a silver, silver horse. centaur. It's got a silver tongue. Yeah, get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! <laughs> you leave. So, got the silver bullet made. When the smith come, like completes it, he tells oh, Red he's a wizard of old world trades or something, a master at his art. Right. I feel like this is some Castlevania two bullshit. Like you got to find him out in the woods and give him a fucking orb and kneel in front of a wall or whatever. He tells Uncle Red that this is the finest bullet he's ever made and it should be pretty accurate. Which he, like, is fucking bullshit. Goes a little if bit you of detail. Look at that bullet. It has like fucked up press marks and all this shit. It's it's good marbling <laughs> and uh, I don't know. For sake of the story, I'm gonna quit nitpicking. Right. So yeah, but anyway, did you see that? Uncle Red jokes about like he's like, what, what, what the fuck am I going to use a forty-four caliber silver bullet for? And the Smith's just like, dude slides in like right to his face and goes, it's a, it's a werewolf. You're, How about a werewolf? You're gonna you're gonna kill a werewolf with it. <laughs> and then like he starts licking his ear a little bit and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but he does. He leans in. He's like, How about a werewolf? A werewolf. And then like he smiles and all of his teeth are silver bullets. And, and he you're like, what? And then he shoots a yeah. He, he farts <laughs> and he shoots a dog. Like, what? So then we've got Jane who narrates that the next full moon just happened to be on Halloween night. Oh! And by a happy coincidence, their parents won a trip out of town to New York City. Right? And that Uncle Red is now watching them while they're gone. And this is fucking great because, like, Marty and Jane are like, did you really win Publisher Clearinghouse trip? And he's like, no, but I didn't win a subscription to Popular Mechanics. <laughs> I mean, real talk, dude. Uh, you're walking away the winner there. So, all right, we were kind of toying around with this notion. So, like, did he just send them on a fucking wild goose chase? Or did he, like, buy them a hotel for the Right, money? some, some like, I hope it's the second one, because otherwise... Right, <sighs> guess who's never coming to visit again? It's Uncle Red. Uncle Shitbag. All right, and then, so, like, when the parents are headed out, uh, Bob, the dad, you know, it's the first time any valuable dialogue from him. He's just like, don't let those kids run your ragged. And then bitch ass Nan. It's like, don't let any trick or treaters in the house. Right. It's like, get the fuck out of here, bitch. Go Nan. I'll throw salt rock at your vagina face. (laughs) This is is why fucking Jane's so terrible. No shit. She gets it from her mom. Runs in the family. (laughs) Fucking throw a toaster in her bathtub. 
you know what doesn't run in the family? Oh, <laughs> the the water because they got the the taps fixed. Really I was going to go with Marty. But... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, hey! <laughs> using, using that comedy crutch over there, dog? That ain't funny. So that <laughs> edit all of that out. Would seem funny. The three of them are now waiting in the house, and then it's fucking three a.m. And Uncle Red's just fucking getting tired of this bullshit. He's like falling asleep with a fucking gun in his lap. Burns himself with a cigarette, drops the gun, the gun goes off, shoots Marty right between the eyes, and then the credits roll. <laughs> shoots him in the leg and sticks in his knee, and Marty's like, did you drop this? Then fucking Uncle Red <laughs> puts the wild turkey to Marty's forehead, puts it in there, and then fucking like shotguns it out of his mouth while he's essentially <laughs> making out with his nephew and getting drunk. <laughs> and the werewolf's in the corner tearing his dick out of its socket, but it'll grow back, because werewolves grow dicks back yeah so it's in the old lore uncle uh, fucking uncle red he burns himself with a fucking cigarette he drops the gun he fucking gets all pissed off he's like god damn it i'm fucking tired of this shit fucking nothing's gonna happen he's not starting to get that familiar feeling he's feeling like a horse's ass you know what he's doing what he's sobering up oh oh shit (laughs) so when this is all going on he's fucking gonna make the kids go to bed but then jane sees the goddamn werewolf right outside the fucking window right before that i'm sorry dude i just i this is like the part of the movie i actually took notes for (laughs) It's like, all right, you go to bed, you go to bed. And he's like, what if I don't want to go to bed? And he's like, I'll kick your ass. What if I kick your ass? Right? And then the werewolf <laughs> creep and he's like, hey, guys. And then Janie's like, there's a fucking werewolf outside. And then it's like, did you see it? No, I was staring at you. Then he cuts the power like Sam Well, Re- Uncle Red goes to investigate out the fucking window. He doesn't see anything. He sees the fucking uh, werewolf's ruby red lipstick flopping up on the window. <laughs> and that's when... Fucking outside, we see the werewolf fucking yank on a bunch of cables of the power box. Is that a Paramount thing from the fucking 80s? Jason did that in, like, three three movies? I don't know. I don't And man for Deans doesn't do this music. So, he fucking rips out these wires, killing the fucking lights in the house. And the moon. <laughs> Uncle Red says not to panic, right? But As everyone is fucking panicking. Fucking Marty and Jane... Are fucking freaking out because they know it's the werewolf. And they're staring at that fucking hallway because they hear that noise over there. Yep. And everything's good until fucking SS Wolfenstein fucking Kool-Aid mans through the goddamn wall. Yeah, they're fucking all arguing as the fucking werewolf breaks through the front door and fucking attacks Uncle Red, which makes him fucking drop the gun and the silver bullet. Right, because during the fumbling, when he was doubting them, he's like, fuck this. He took the fucking bullet out of the gun. Which... Why'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, then so, we wouldn't have this scene. The fucking... Bullet flies across, fucking, and Marty, like, falls out of his chair, reaching for it, and bounces it, off the wall, and goes right down the grate. Yeah, right in the fucking air vent in the floor. And the fucking werewolf is now fucking tossing Gary Busey... Roth housing. ...all over the fucking place. Um, fucking Jane goes for the gun, and then tries to distract the werewolf, while Marty fucking goes for the bullet from the vent. Then the wolf, uh, Reverend Werewolf, chokes the fucking piss shit out of Janie. Then Uncle Red is like, I want you to meet my friend. Who? This log. And clobbers him in the fucking <laughs> back, dude. Right? Uncle Red fucking gets back up, fucking, after being tossed aside a whole bunch. Beats, tries to beat the shit out of the werewolf, fucking, with the, uh, with the log. And then fucking gets tossed aside again like an old condom. He gets... <laughs> He gets thrown so hard, he goes fucking horizontal. Yep. That's beautiful. Marty gets the silver bullet out of the grate, and Jane gives him the gun. And then as the fucking werewolf was about to go in for the attack, Marty takes aim and shoots the fucking werewolf in his only good eye. Fucking bullseyes that motherfucker. Instantly killing him. He recoils all... Ah! 
and the werewolf fucking slowly. goes back to the fucking wall and like hunk like starts to fucking slide down the fucking wall and he slowly slowly. transforms back into fucking Reverend so Lowe. Slowly. It's a good effect. It's it is actually, cool. It's like one of those reverse ones. Like it kind of like reminds me back of the old uh, old wolf man. Like as he slowly, but I mean much better. Right. So now Red, Jane, and Marty check to see if everybody's all right. When Marty says one of the most fucked up things in the movie. This is legit. He's like, everything is fine, except his legs. When Jane asks what Marty means, Marty says that he doesn't think he'll be able to walk. I just have right here, paraplegic humor. Right? Self-deprecating paraplegic humor. And then the film ends as we get a final narration from Marty about how now she loves her brother. This is so weird. And then the credits roll. Is it like her reading him a bedtime story? Is this at a funeral? It's like we don't get enough information about about that that's very i think it's the story from jane's point of view and she's like telling it you don't know who she's telling it to but she just seems to be telling the story it we would have benefited from a older jane in the beginning and then at the end like telling the story to somebody right a psychiatrist or like a you know somebody who's writing a book she's fucking hannibal lecter to a gurney kind of thing right but uh yeah that's pretty much it so and roll credits and that's the end of the movie no so uh you want to see a dead body I want to see a dead fucking body. So we have nine total deaths. Nine. Questionable. Nine. Que- do, do I have to snap a pencil? Nine total deaths. One off screen. The brain stays alive for 10 to 12 minutes. That's a little uh. Number animator. one, Arnie, decapitated. Alcohol abuse. Number two, Stella, That's mauled. Dr. Werewolf's traveling abortion service. Number three, Tammy's dad. One, two, three. Gets the wooden plank in the stomach. Uh, number four is Brady. He's mauled off screen. Oh, uh, country's fried gravy. I... Country fried Brady. That's right. Number five. Biscuits and Brady. Hunter number one gets mauled in the back and tossed Baby in black the tree. Ribs. Number six is Hunter number two gets his face ripped off. Face mignon. Number seven is Owen, who is beaten with his own baseball bat. What do I have for that? Nah, whatever. Number eight is Sheriff Joe Haller who is beaten to death with Owen's baseball bat. A werewolf and a gentleman. Number nine, Reverend Lowe, shot in the eye with a silver bullet. Oh, I don't have anything for that. So, Nachos, what was your favorite kill? Oh, shit, dude. All right. Ooh, let's think about that. Uh, all right, we got a sweet decapitation, a slashing throw around, um was three. Oh man that third one's pretty good four i don't know jeff you lead the charge i'll get back to you on that my favorite kill i have down is arnie's the very first one you see yeah it sets up the whole movie <laughs> two minutes in you get a pretty graphic like decapitation and they even like show the head like on the ground later next to the fucking decapitated body it's like hereditary yeah it's fucking really cool so i definitely have that one down as my favorite death i mean there are some neat ones in here I love the hunter who gets his fucking face peeled oh, off. Oh, I Because you don't see it. Like, when he cops back up, he's just missing half it, his fucking face. There's fog in the way. It kind of distorts it, which is upsetting. You'll get to see Grady's death, or Brady's death, or... Uh, I'm glad for that. That one's going to be a little too much. Right. Like, I'm an edgelord, but... Right. Uh, I think the less we see in that scenario is the better. So I definitely go with Arnie. I, I love that death. How about you? Well... Fuck, dude. I mean... None of these deaths are full on gruesome. I mean, they're all gruesome, but like they don't linger on it. Right. Uh, it's fucking Arnie, dude. It's Arnie. It is one of the best ones. You ready for some stuff you should know? Okay. Yeah. Shoot. 
So uh, the movie itself is actually like a Stephen King. So you see like Stephen King's Silver Bullet. It is based on the story Cycle of the Werewolf. Motorcycle of the Werewolf. So which actually, you know, I should look into that to see what the origin of Marty's, you know, reason for being in the wheelchair. He was a because trapeze I bet it's probably artist. In there. <laughs> The Joker um, shot him in the spine. The director and Stephen King allowed Gary Busey to ad-lib a lot of his dialogue. You tell Busey he can't. Right? Which makes fucking sense, because he just says some fucking off-the-wall shit for sure. Jumping Jesus, bald-headed Palomino. And uh, this was this one I thought was really neat. So Gary Busey did all his own stunts. Now, while there's not a lot of fucking stunts going on here, um, in the film's ending where he is thrown around the room, Busey said that this was achieved by having him off-camera run and jump on a trampoline an air compressed catapult which would then launch him through the air and into various pieces of breakaway furniture i was gonna say uh when, when that whole ruckus is occurring they cut away from shit to where it looks like it because i was like man that stuntman looks like Busey. i would have been like i'm coming at you focus on my fucking face because i'm getting well stunt the big one too is that he, so he sustained an actual injury in the part where he gets fucking tossed sideways and lands into that mirror. Oh, so, no shit. Yeah, due to the fucking artificial glass that they fucking shatter, like, when he hits Sugar it. Sugar glass. Yeah. Uh, what, you actually see this in the film, that there is a piece of the fucking mirror embedded into his arm. Dude. And it's, like, fucking bleeding. Now, this is, that's the real fucking glass that fucking sticks in his arm as he fucking falls to the ground. He went on to say also that his reaction of the werewolf breaking through the wall was That's real. genuine. They didn't tell him they were going to bust through the wall. I yeah. think it's like he's going to come in through. So like they all where they like where that. they have him looking is where they say he's going to come from. And then they fucking have him bust through because it was not rehearsed. And they did it in a fucking single take. Looks like he was getting ready to loaf. Right. Uh, so your your final cuts on this movie, your final thoughts, my friend. Well, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, fuck, dude. It's one of the finest werewolf movies. I If somebody asked me. Nachos McWerewolf, what are your top five favorite werewolf movies? Nachos McWerewolf, what are your top five favorite werewolf movies? Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. Howling 3, The Marsupial. Howling 4, The Creep Show. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, So, I hate to say it, we live in a society where good werewolf movies are hard to find. They are. Um, So, I go OG, and in no particular order, Universal Wolfman. Because without that, you know, um, I say The Howling, which The Howling is fucking amazing. That's two. Uh, Silver Bullet, Dog Soldiers, and I feel like I'm forgetting. Yeah, it's not American Werewolf in London. I'm sorry. An American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's uh, CG Werebears. So I said, what? What, what, what am I fucking missing? A really good one. I don't know. Yeah. Scratching uh, my head on this. So, no particular order. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Silver Bullet. The Howling. Dog Soldiers. And Bad Moon. Bad Moon was surprisingly good. I didn't think I'd like that. Uh, how does Wolf? I really like Wolf. Um, it's got a lot of love story into it, but, I mean, it's fucking Jack Nicholson as a oh, fucking werewolf. Last, late phases. The one where like the old dude who's kind of like a Charles Bronson esque dude, oh, and he's yeah. in that senior community, and he's blind. If you guys don't know this one, check it out. It's kind of a lesser known gym. Well, and so is fucking Dog Soldiers. That's a that's a fucking a real banger, as the kids would say. So, your final thoughts? Just love the movie, or oh, actually, um, 
do, do I do this bit now, or do we have another another segment for this? What bit? I, don't know. Uh, I have um. Oh, how I how I would personally what I would like to see in yeah. the evolution of this is this that segment I do that in. Yep. All right. I don't know, dude. You've only done so many of these episodes. You fucking tell me. I don't Jesus know. I have I have the fucking memory of a goldfish. All right. So this movie's great. Uh, I give it. I give it as a as a werewolf movie and an '80s slasher movie. I give it nine suicides go to hell, especially when they're pregnant. Out of uh, you're gonna you make eliminated in your pants. Hmm. So what I wanted to see is, and this always gets me. We tackle with this in Fright Night. Charlie gets bit by the fucking vampire bat when Uncle Red is fighting Reverend Werewolf. He's getting thrashed around pretty good. Tooth and nail is occurring. Uncle Red got tarnished by that werewolf. And I don't know what lore you're working with. If wolf's vein, you rub up on it, you turn into a werewolf. You get bit by a werewolf, you turn into a werewolf. You get scratched by a werewolf. A fucking werewolf snot rockets down your throat, you turn into a werewolf. Uncle Red turns into a werewolf. But this doesn't, this is a late residual thing, you know, creeping later on because that summer. Marty needs to take some time off because a werewolf encounter and scenario is a big fucking deal. So he goes to a summer camp, and while he's at that summer camp, he runs into the Frog Brothers. And then from there, the Frog Brothers have to team up and help dispatch Uncle Red the werewolf. So this works as an open-ended, or an open pilot for a silver bullet lost boys crossover or uncle red because oh uh he uses alcohol to to fucking keep the uh likeism lycanthropism at bay so he's a drunk werewolf and he helps fight vampires with the frog brothers you can't do any of this because half that cast is dead anyway my final thoughts baba booey baba booey there are um i just We've just been saying it the whole time. We just fucking, I just love this movie. It's, I'm very saddened that I didn't see it until later in life. It no, is that's, a that's the fun time. fucking werewolf movie. Um, as far as what you were saying about Gary Busey, I go with that the werewolf has to bite you to transform you. Now, with Fright Night, that bat wasn't necessarily doing like the vampire bite. So I don't really see. So that it's a signature him. move. Like I could just ha ha right. bite you, but then opposed but, to the vampiric. Like, but is it a fangs. werewolf? If it bites you anywhere, you're gonna get turned. I, I yeah. If a werewolf sucks your dick and shreds it like a carrot, I'm, I'm under the impression that if a uh, werewolf then now scratches you, it's just like one of those wounds that like w- like heals, but like doesn't like. You know, it just fucking is real nasty and fucking gangrene looking like the rest of your fucking life. So he has like plus plus five poison abilities. Right. Like like a Gila Monster's mouth kind of thing. But this is just one of those movies that even though it's done in the 80s, it's fucking done really well. And it's kind of like a it's got like a good homely feel to it. With it's like got Uncle the kind Red, of Amblin vibe. Like with fucking like Uncle Red and Marty like getting down and being friends and stuff like that. There's a lot well, of I don't fun know if they stuff, were getting down, dude. You know, like just a lot of fun shit going on. It's got some good vibes to it. You know, it's it's. It's like apple pie kind of thing. You know, it's, it's just, it's fun. Like, you know, Tarker's Mill is just a great fucking town. And then all this fucking terrible shit happens. Like we I joke really about hating uh, the, the, the mom and the sister, but like in a pinch, they pull through. They're not absolutely right. horrible. We need something to kind of, we get, we've about. seen worse. So, oh my God, I, I just generally enjoy this fucking movie. I give it nine wheelchairs out of 10. <laughs> I just, 
you know, I just think it's high up there. I'm, I'm probably never going to give many, if any, things a 10 out of 10 on on this show, but I do love this movie, and it is fucking high up there in, you know, fucking, like, horror movies, werewolf movies, like, whatever, wherever you want to put it, I, I would always put this high on the list. It, it's fun. It's enjoyable. I could watch it. All I watch it all the time. I, I think the only thing that it. could make this movie better would be um, some tits and a little more extended gore. And throwing a dick for variety, you know, right? A werewolf dick, a metamorphous werewolf dick. There we go. So that's got, the name of my punk band. Any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, end it out? Uh, yeah, actually, I need to make an editorial for the Fright Night episode we did. I was not in my right brain. I would like to make an editorial. We live in a society of werewolves. No, I'm just kidding. That's the end of the howling. So Fright Night, they made a. Uh, they were going to make a series of... Oh, they did make a series of comic books after the movie wrapped. They made part two. And they were going to continue with these uh, Fright Night films. For... They were going to do as many sequels as possible. Well, here's the real kicker. Uh, so, the producers of the third movie... Um, well, if I say the name Menendez, does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. Alright, well, remember when their kids killed... You know, like the mom and dad? The Menendez brothers. Right. For yeah. money. Yes. So in the um, mid-90s, early 90s kind of thing, in case people don't know what this is, I don't know. Let me get a sip of Genius Juice. Oh, we don't have to go into the whole thing, but just give us the cliff notes. Well, so the the dad was um, the Menendez producer. He was on board to make more movies. This little um, tiny hiccup occurred where he got murdered, so like he couldn't you know, put any more money into it so that sucks but here's a fun fact my uncle jimmy uh when he was out in hollywood kind of thing like in the 90s there's a show called hard copy and if you remember hard copy it's like that fucking tv show in uh predator 2 except not that bad Mm -hmm. so they did like a reenactment of the menendez brothers and my uncle played one of the menendez brothers nice yeah that's kind of fun uh shout out to jimmy if you're listening probably not you got a lot on your plate dog (laughs) um so yeah, before we uh, end it out, just want to say, hey, thanks for checking us out. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify. You can get us on Podbean or any other fucking place that you listen to your podcast. Just search Here Comes the Spooky. You can find us. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Here Comes the Spooky, Twitter and Facebook at Here Comes Spooky. You can email us at Gmail at Here Comes the Spooky at gmail.com. Uh, we just want to hear from you guys. Uh, let us know if there's anything you want us to do, anything you'd like us to do more of, anything you'd like us to do less of. Just, you know, any suggestions, anything you want us to talk about, hit us up. We'd love to fucking hear from you. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and things like that. So we really appreciate it. Keep checking out the show. We, uh, we going to talk about our next episode or just kind of let that... Uh... So our next episode, uh, we are going to take you to the headquarters of Silver Shamrock. And we're going to find out how they somehow stole Stonehenge. Yeah, right. So, keep it tight, keep it real, and always keep it spooky! Is we still rolling? Yeah, I did it on purpose because you weren't fucking paying attention earlier and being an asshole and be like, oh, is this what we do the thing? The fucking thing that we've done fucking seven times already? Yeah, dickhead, it is. All right, you ready to do it together now? Yeah. <clears throat> a one, a two, a three. Stay spooky!